What up, Clips and Drew Nation? You are now tuned into the follow through with Clips and Drew, the NBA's premier podcast. We got a special one for you today. It's episode 163. We have our basketballnews.com crew breaking down the 10 best basketball movies of all time. You are going to be shocked at some of these people's picks. We give you our top 10 before we get into that. And also, we're going to talk about this Russell Westbrook trade. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. Excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius. I'm about due to erupt. Use it or I'm losing it. They say I need to loosen up. Tight, I'm well taught. I must do the max like us. I do have something to say, so you got to give it up. Give it up. What up? podcast world what's up everybody you know what it is you know where you're at it is the follow-through with clips and drew the true players podcast episode 163 uh correct drew yep 163 163 and we kind of we got a big one for you guys today we weren't planning on having a two and a half hour podcast so whoever bears with us this whole time you're going to really enjoy it. What we're going to do is we have a couple things we want to talk about going on in the NBA. And then we did a pretty awesome live stream last uh, – when did we do this? On Wednesday. On, on Wednesday evening. We did it with the Basketball News Network crew, a few of our podcasts that we have. We had Alex Kennedy, uh, Dishes and Dimes with Iman and Sandy, and then you had the legendary Clips and Drew on there. And we went over the top 10 basketball movies of all time, which was going to be an hour podcast. But there was a little discrepancies in a few of our opinions on basketball movies and what considers a great basketball movie. I was a little heated on a few of them. You'll probably hear me get angry and upset with a few of the people on there, but it was all in good fun. We also had a gentleman, Jared Rudolph, who was formerly a real GM, was upset at my... <clears throat> my music selection on above the rim and he he chimed in and hopped in on the pod which was pretty cool and kind of broke it down that was fun drew yeah jared brought a lot of flavor to the conversation uh i think i think he did a great job um uh, but i want to i do want to touch on that though because he hopped in after you were talking about above the rim yes and how some of that east coast west coast rap beef started around that time and he, what he did was he he objected to that. And I still think he was wrong. He like, was. we kind of just glazed over it. I mean, he had some really good history as to, like, why, you know, the artists, like, the West Coast artists were chosen to do the soundtrack for Above the Rim, which was obviously a New York-based movie. But I do, I we kind of ignored the part where he was talking about how the beef didn't start yet, which was completely wrong. And we I mean, all called him out on it, though. Right, yeah, exactly. 1994, the East Coast, West, West Coast beef was, was definitely in effect. So right. I, I want to make sure that that point gets hammered home. Well, I, and I also didn't want to argue with the guy that I didn't know yet. And he totally. obviously knew his stuff. And I think he's a little biased being from Harlem. You know Obviously. I mean? Yeah. He still wants to claim Pac. You can right. tell. And I, I have no problem with, with New York trying to claim Pac. I have no problem with that. I mean, he's born and raised there. So I get it. So when you guys get to that part in the podcast, let us know what you think. <laughs> um, so a couple of things going on that I think we need to, we need to address is, you know, there's trouble in Houston. Once again, Drew, this has been going, we, we kind of all called this out when Russ was traded to Houston, we were kind of wondering how this was all going to work. And then uh, the small ball thing doesn't work out. D'Antoni's out. Uh, Daryl Morey's out. They might be doing a complete rebuild. Um, <clears throat> turns out that supposedly James Harden doesn't want to play with Russ and Russ doesn't want to play with James Harden, but yet they're both best friends. And like James Harden came out yesterday with a birthday post to Russ. And I think the media is blowing it up 
more like trying to make a beef go on between them. I just don't think, I think they both know that maybe that chemistry is not going to work for them. And then there's been a lot of talk that the Clippers are making a play for Russell. And uh, a lot of people hit me up about it, asking what I thought uh, it would be. And what came out today was the offer is Paul George for uh, Russ Covington and a 2023 pick. Okay. Now, the one thing that I've said that we needed from the beginning is a playmaking point guard. You can't get more of a playmaking point guard than Russ, right? And you get another really good shooter in Covington that can, that can hit three, stretch the floors a little bit, can play some D. My whole concern with this is, are we giving up on Paul George too early? And I know a lot of Clipper fans that are Fairweather fans would think, get rid of Paul George after everything that just happened uh, in the bubble. Uh, are we jumping the gun? And then there's been talk about Chris Paul, which is another like Kawhi secretly trying to, to recruit Chris Paul. Um, the contract for Chris Paul doesn't work for me. I think he would be great. Again, of course, I'd love to have Chris Paul back. He lives in LA. I think it'd be a good move, but what do you think about it? What do you think about giving up on Paul George Clippers getting Russ, the fit of Russ Kawhi, I mean, Russ and Pat Beverly have beef. Does that mean Bev is, is gone too after we just signed him? Or can they coexist and have just a really, really mean backcourt? Uh, this is, I mean, so the, the trade talk and all the, all the rumors coming out of Houston is not a surprise, right? This is a, definitely a, a franchise in transition. Um, they have a new GM. They have a new head coach. They don't necessarily have a vision that's like from those guys because they're new to their positions, right? Silas has been an assistant coach for, a, a, I don't know, forever. He still looks young, but he's been an assistant coach for a very long time. And then the, the GM was apparently Daryl Morey's like young gun, his right-hand man. So I, I, you know, I think I do, I do think the smartest move for Houston, if we're talking about them, is to get rid of Russell Westbrook. I've been saying this, you know, this whole offseason, <laughs> this whole month of an offseason. Um, but it, it, it's clear that their styles – James Harden and West, Russell Westbrook do not mesh. And we said this when, when they got traded, there's not enough basketball to go around, especially if you're going to have Harden bring the ball up. Like what is Westbrook even doing? Right. Um, so look, I don't think, I mean, as much as Clipper fans and, and, and media members have pointed out that the Clippers could use Russell Westbrook. I don't think this is a good move for the Clippers. I think this is a negative move. I, I mean, look, Russ is a hell of a, a basketball player. He's a hell of an athlete. But I don't think his style of play, again, meshes well with what the Clippers are trying to do. You have one of the most efficient half-court scorers in NBA history in Kawhi Leonard. And to give up somebody like Paul George for Russell Westbrook is, is a negative to me. That's a negative. I mean, as bad as, as Paul George may have been, you got to remember that two years ago, he was third in MVP voting. So let's just, let's just pump the brakes here. I think Russell Westbrook is not going to be in Houston for this coming season if they can find a, a trade partner for him. But I don't think the Clippers should sacrifice Paul George in order to make that move happen because I don't think it makes you any better as a team. I, I totally agree. And everybody that hits me up about it, I say, look, this isn't a dog on Russ. Like, I like Russell Westbrook. Um, but – for our system, I don't think it's what we need. Now, again, it has to – It ha Kawhi has to sign off on it too. Like, dude, we did everything in our power to get you Paul George. That's who you wanted. Um, as far as Houston goes, 
like this is your last shot to get some good value for Russ, right? Like uh, I, I really liked your idea about Russ in Detroit for Blake Griffin and maybe some picks and somebody else. Let me backtrack really quick though. As much as I want Chris Paul, I cannot let OKC rape us once again. Like, okay, we're going to take on the $40 million contract. We're going to give you another, a younger superstar, right? And then what else, like, what else are you going to take from us? Correct. Um, we cannot let that happen again. The only thing I was saying was like, if it, if, if Russ happened, like, I think that's good value for, for Paul George is getting another superstar and a top 10 guy in Russell Westbrook and then getting a a stretch shooter that we could always use. And then a pick since we have no picks, I don't necessarily want to do it. I want to run it back and see if we can come up with a, you know, a better idea um, of what we really need in that backcourt. You know, how, what is happening with Montrez? Has Zubak been working out all summer? I mean, everybody says we need that rim protection at, at the rim. Um, but I, and I, I heard Charlotte's going to make a really big play for Russ. They got the money and assets to make something happen. I thought it was interesting about, uh, if you're trading Russ for Oladipo and Miles Turner, like, I think that's would be a nice move for Houston. Uh, and, and they would love Russ in Indiana. I think like really like him, but I think something's going to happen this week, uh, for sure with that. The other, the other talk was the Lakers making a play for DeMar DeRozan, for Kuzma and Danny Green. And to me, I'm looking at, at San Antonio, like I, that's, that's not worth it. Like I need something else besides Danny Green and Kyle Kuzma for DeMar DeRozan, who I think would be great. And coming back home, you've always liked DeMar. We know that his mid range game is nice, a little underrated, underappreciated, caught a lot of flack in Toronto for not getting over the hump. And then Kawhi comes and, you know, gets them over the hump. I know you would, would you rather have DeMar, uh, than Kuzma and Danny Green? I think DeMar's an upgrade there uh, between those two. I mean, Danny Green gave us nothing pretty much the whole season. Right. Uh, I still like Kuzma. I still think he's like a, a, you know, when you look at the landscape of the NBA, there's not a lot of guys like him in that kind of Danilo Gallinari mentality where he can score and he's, he's a 6'9", 6'10", wing. Um, so, you know, I, I – as much as I like DeMar, and I have, I've liked him. I mean, I, I got to see him play when he was in high school. Uh, we played a tournament, and his game was right after ours. And he was doing between-the-legs dunks when he was, like, 15 years old. So, like, I've been a fan of his forever, L.A. kid. Uh, I don't think his game is helpful for the Lakers either. We need spacing. And his game clogs up the middle where Anthony Davis and LeBron James already own the paint. It would be fantastic if DeMar was a much better three-point shooter, but we know that he's not comfortable pulling from there. Every time he tries it, his percentages drop significantly. So I, you know, as much as this move is nice, it's a bunch of big names and, oh, the Lakers get a third star, this is not the move for me. I would much rather have Joe Harris and spend the money on him as a three-point shooter, uh, kind of a three-and-D guy, than I would a 30-plus old DeMar DeRozan. So I... I do think DeMar is also going to be on the move, right? The San Antonio experiment with him and LaMarcus is not working out the way that LaMarcus might be gone too. LaMarcus is probably going to be gone too, most likely. Yeah, I think San Antonio is in a very unique spot for them. I mean, it's like the first time since 19, what, 97 or something that they don't have, you know, a powerhouse player, like a superstar kind of player uh, with all the, you know, the transition that they've gone through. And LaMarcus is already old. Uh, older as well so I just I do think that San Antonio is going to make a move I you know honestly for me I think DeMar DeRozan 
should go to Atlanta. Uh, if that's an option, uh, you know, Atlanta has a lot of young players that San Antonio can kind of pick and choose from. Uh, Atlanta needs, uh, uh, you know, a backcourt member for uh, Trey Young, and they want veteran leadership, and you need a scorer that can take the ball out of, out of uh, Trey Young's hands. And, you know, in the fourth quarter when Trey's getting doubled, you can, you, DeMar DeRozan gets you a bucket, no problem. So to me, there's better situations for DeMar, and, and I think there's better players for the Lakers. I totally agree. So we're both just we, – we both don't like either of these trades. My, yeah. I think ours would be – at least we would be getting value for it. But, again, I don't, I don't think we got a fair shot at this last season. I mean, we got a fair shot, if you know what I'm saying. I just don't think – you know, nothing really worked in our favor, I guess. And I think we need to give Paul another chance, right? And, and ultimately, Drew, it is what, what, what Kawhi wants. Whatever it's going to keep Kawhi there – uh, for the coming years, whatever's going to make him happy. And if it is Chris Paul, you know, I guess we got to take a look at it. Uh, but again, then we're getting a 36 year old Chris Paul for a 30 year old uh, Paul George. And I just don't think that's it. And I just want Drew Holiday, but I just don't see how that's going to work out for us. I don't see how that's going to work out. Even though, you know, we've already brought up Paul George for Drew Holiday and Jackson Hayes, which would be okay. It's still don't think that's Paul George's value, but whatever we'll we'll learn more in the next couple days because it has to happen soon the draft is on the 18th the free agency starts the 20th um people can start signing you can sign on the 22nd of this and this this is this isn't a week dude this is a week away so things obviously got to happen i want you to take over this next segment as what we're supposed you want us to do as a prelim to our podcast on the basketball news network what do you want us to do right here so, yeah, I mean, essentially, it's just if we just dropped you right as a listener, if we just dropped you right into this live audio that we're going to give you for the, our movie night podcast with basketball news um, and all the other members that you mentioned, uh, it makes sense for us to kind of frame what, what's happening. So to give you some sort of explanation as to what you're looking into here in, in, in the upcoming minutes, it's the top 10 basketball movies, the best basketball movies in history. Um, and everyone, essentially what we were able to do is everyone created their own top 10 list and we all sent them in to Alex Kennedy who created a, you know, a scoring forum and ranked everybody. And we had a, a cumulative top 10 based on everyone's votes. And so you're going to hear the top 10 as a group that we got to, uh, based on how everyone's rankings broke down. Uh, but what I wanted to do was I wanted to share our top 10, just you and me, so that we have some understanding of. Uh, so that you as a listener has, has some understanding of what we were doing, what, what our list looked like versus what the actual list as a group, what we ended up determining. So uh, do you have your list in front of you? Yeah, I know. Okay. Do you want to just break down your top 10? From 10 to one? Uh, however you want to do it. Okay. So my top 10, I started with, with coach Carter uh, and that was on, a, I think that was 10 on the basketball news page too. I'm not too sure, but I had coach Carter at 10. I had semi-pro, which didn't make it on the list. And semi-pro is just, again, movie that you can rewatch over and over again. It may not be, like, as serious as Hoosiers or, or Hoop Dreams, but it's one of those movies. It's, it is a basketball movie, and it's hilarious. And Love Me Sexy is one of the greatest tunes of all time. So it is what it is. And then I went Teen Wolf at eight, okay? Uh, and Teen Wolf was my nostalgic pick. It was a movie I grew up. Uh, watching over and over and over again. Um, I know it's, pro it's probably really corny looking back at it. And I, we, we get into that on the show. 
I think they could have chose a way better person than Michael J. Fox, but uh, you know, it's a nostalgic for me. I loved it. And Lori Griffin is, is a super hot babe in that movie. And that was a big factor in why it was number eight for me. Number seven was Hoosiers, which is kind of uh, low for me because I know how important and how special that movie is to a lot of people. Uh, I do like the movie. Uh, it's a game changer is one of, you know, cinematically like one of the best stories in movies about basketball, but the rewatchability for it, for me, uh, wasn't enough. Like I'll watch Hoosiers, Hoosiers once every three years, if it's on, you know, where I could watch semi-pro three times today, if that's on, uh, Love and Basketball was number six. I have the movie poster in my house. Uh, Pops played for the Clippers. That's a big. That's a big deal for me. Five was He Got Game, and I know it was way higher on a lot of other people's lists, but He Got Game was five. We go into that discussion. Uh, Hoop Dreams was four. Great movie, man. If it wasn't so long, I'd watch it more. But I also have ties to that movie with Arthur Agee. Uh, got to spend some time with him. I, uh, I go in deeper on that on the show. Uh, three was Blue Chips, another movie poster in my house. Uh, two, Above the Rim. Uh, and I think we spend more time on that than uh, any other movie on there. A lot of debate with that. And then number one is White Man Can't Jump for obvious reasons. Uh, so that is my top ten, just to put that in a vacuum for you guys going into listening to this this next show. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, there's a couple that you're going to you're going to chuckle at, at my uh, I, I left above the rim off my top 10. So weird, Drew. How? I have it at, I have it at 11. Oh. I, I, I ended up writing 15 because it was really hard. I had to go kind of back and forth as to which, you know, where I wanted to rank, you know, which movie. Um, so anyway, above the rim is my 11. Mm. And I it just it didn't crack the top 10 because of something you mentioned about Hoosiers, like rewatchability for me, I, I, I will watch Above the Rim, but it, it's, not, it's not something I'll go to. I would watch Hoosiers. Like if they're both on at the same time, I'm turning on Hoosiers. Wow. So anyway, wow. 10, 10 for me is Space Jam. Love that movie. Very nostalgic for me. It's pretty much the only reason it came. Like Looney Tunes is my favorite cartoon. And Michael Jordan was, you know, my favorite basketball player before Kobe was around. Uh, so that one obviously hits home for me. Uh, nine semi-pro also made my list at nine we both love, have had him at nine nice yeah absolutely love that movie eddie munnix uh you know you got andre 3000 who's coffee my favorite rapper coffee yeah black. all of the different names that he had throughout that uh throughout that movie are hilarious great movie uh seven is love and basketball for me um six is blue chips five is coach carter that one is higher only because of the nostalgia like that came out when i was playing high school basketball and it would just it checked all the boxes for me as a as a 15 year old when that movie came out. It was like that's the team I want to be on. I thought I was Lyle. Um, <laughs> um, four white man can jump. Love that movie. It's it's so funny. It's so good. Uh, three he got game. Two is Hoosiers and one is Hoop Dreams. I don't think there's a better movie about the realities of basketball in the United States than Hoop Dreams, even though it's, you know, 30 year, 30 plus years old at this point, it's still like a really unbelievable story uh, and a great movie. So Hoop Dreams is my number one. Now the debate that we, the debate that we had on the show prior was people didn't think that Hoop Dreams was a, was a movie. And I definitely uh, said my piece about that. And I think I made my piece and I'm glad you agreed with me on that. Our, our lists aren't that different. Now, no. 
mine and your list are completely different from everybody <laughs> else in this in this show. So I, if you make it to the end of it, I want to hear, we want to hear exactly your thoughts on this and where you think our rankings are and let us know what yours are. Uh, and, and call us out if you think we're bullshitting and, and there's something wrong with our list. If you think semi, semi-pro shouldn't be on that list, then uh, trust me, you're going to hate a lot more uh, of what other people had on their list. So uh, we appreciate it. We're going to go right into that show, uh, basketballnews.com, with the, fo- with the follow-through with Clips and Drew, uh, the girls from Dishes and Dimes out of Toronto, Alex Kennedy and our boy, our boy Spencer uh, Davies, who uh, is on the basketballnews.com team. So tune in, kick back, enjoy. It's the follow-through. Well, let's talk about that. Dishes and Dimes, Clips and Drew. We got, we got uh, Spencer also from basketballnews.com. We got the whole crew here. So let's go around and just kind of introduce ourselves really quick. Uh, Spencer, let's start with you, and then we'll kind of just go through the, you know, you go, you, I'll let you guys decide who goes next. But Spencer, let's start with you. Hi, everyone. I'm Spencer Davies. I'm Alex Kennedy's right-hand man. I'm also <laughs> known as the guy who's on the, on the other side because I don't have a podcast currently. But that's okay because I am enjoying all the things I'm doing for basketballnews.com. That goes from features, that goes from columns, whatever that they need me to do, and stuff that I love to do is just talk to people. So I think that's a pretty easy and succinct biography, I'd say. Sounds good. Iman, you want to go next? Uh, hello, world. Um, my name is Iman, and I am one of the co-hosts of Dishes and Dimes. Sandy, you want to go next? Sure. My name is Sandy. I'm also a co-host of Dishes and Dimes. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. And then... Clips. I'm creator. Can we say that? Oh, yeah. Creator, too. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Creator. I love it. And then Clips. What's up, buddy? What up? I am the legendary Clips 555 from the follow through with Clips and Drew, the true players podcast available on the Basketball News Network. And this is my co-host, Drew. That's me. What up, everybody? Awesome. Well, basically, we're here today to discuss the top 10 basketball movies of all time. We all submitted our list beforehand and we averaged it out, basically came up with an aggregate list. So let me tweet this out, then we'll get started. Spencer, I'm going to turn it to you really quick while I tweet this. You go ahead and just kind of preview what we're doing. Okay, yeah, we're going to look at the top 10 basketball movies of all time. Uh, We're also going to name our starting five from those movies that we do select. Uh, I think everybody else can can help me out on this one, but um, I do have an argument that I'm going to present once we are officially uh, in the Twitter sphere that I know Iman agrees with me on. So that's good. We can both, you know, team up on Clips, who has a certain movie that's in his top 10 that would be disqualified Duh. in my eyes. Mine, yep. yep. Yeah, that's a big debate. Whether or not we should have included just fictional movies or also documentaries. Uh, let's get into that first. Then we'll get into our top 10 while we wait for, wait for people, people to join. Spencer and Iman, where's your guy? What's your stance on this? And then Clips, I know you feel passionately that we should be able to include documentaries like Hoop Dreams. I'll let you guys duke it out right here before we get to our lists. Okay, so I don't know what Webster's Dictionary, um, the definition of movie is, but in my eyes, it's a fictional thing. It can be be based on a true story, but that includes actors, it includes filming, it includes, you know, a script. Those are qualifications for a movie. Now, a documentary is someone who follows... Uh, you know, a certain team around, a certain person around gets their actual first, first-hand perspective on something that is true and that is 
not featuring actors and it doesn't have a script per se. So in my qualifications for the top 10 basketball movies, I said it would have to be fictional, even though there is something like, for example, a coach Carter that's based on a true story. Those actual athletes and those coaches are not their selves. They are portrayed by actors and actresses. Clips, you want to respond? I mean, this Hoop Dreams won awards, okay? Like, literally won awards. It followed, I mean, it showed the true culture of inner city basketball through the eyes of two totally different people that you want to talk about. Like, are, is, is Space Jam in this for a lot oh, of absolutely people? Absolutely, it is. Oh, but, so, cartoon characters are cool? Yes, because it's fictional and it's a movie. It's a movie, it's not a documentary. And, and it was in the movie theater, which makes it a movie, in my opinion, okay? You go to the movies to watch a movie, correct? You don't go to the, I mean, you can go to the movies to watch a documentary, but this was a film that won awards and deserves to be categorized as a movie, in my opinion. I think honestly, it's just a difference of opinion and difference in criteria. So what I'll say is, I mean, people who may be upset that Hoop Hoop Dreams isn't higher know why some people may have left it off their list. That's why I wanted to kind of get this debate out there. I know you got the back, you got the poster in your background clip. So I know this is great. So wait till we get to hoop dreams. Cause I got a lot to say about hoop dreams. Okay. <laughs> I got a lot to say. All right. Let's so Mon, go. you got to back Mon, You got to back me up on this one. Cause okay. we were in agreement. We, we are. And there, there, here's the thing. Winning awards doesn't make something a movie. You know how many documentaries have won awards before it? It's a documentary. It's completely separate from a movie. We talk about them separately. No one says my favorite movie is, if they mean a documentary, they're going to tell you, this is my favorite documentary. We separate them in everyday conversation because they're two different things. They're not the same. And we're talking about movies today, not documentaries. But who well, so, my Somebody's going to be talking about a documentary over here. Somebody. Yeah, would Last Dance have... have um, would Last Dance have been included? Did you include Last Dance on your list? I did not because there's no such thing as a 15-hour movie, okay? Like, you don't go to the movie theaters to watch a 15-hour movie. That is definitely a documentary. So, and and Hoop Dreams is too. I completely understand. I, I totally see your side of view on this. But as far as basketball movies go, Hoop Dreams has to be there. So well, here's what I'll say. We do have Hoop Dreams top five. So it's not thank, like we left thank it off you, the Jesus. list. Some people didn't have it, but it is top five. So before, off of my list doesn't count. So yeah, the way and, so we kind of describe how this works, I, I kind of alluded to it, but we all filed, you know, our top ten ranking. We went ahead and compiled them, aggregated it out. So this is our consensus top ten. Before we get to the top ten, though, I want to talk about some of the honorable mentions that got quite a few votes, but didn't actually crack the top ten. One of our people, one, someone that's in this uh, live stream right now, their number one movie didn't make the top ten. And someone's going to be upset here in a second. And I'm, I'm going to be livid if that's me. I will be. You. It's not okay. you. You're good. Okay. Uh, come on. It is you. You had oh. like Mike at number one. Like, like Mike? Mike? It did How dare you? Like Mike was number one? No, no. It didn't. That was what. But Hoop know. Dreams isn't a basketball movie. And it did not make the top 10. I just wanted to, I wanted to break it to me, Mon. I'm so sorry. I know it's hard for you. But oh my god. Not in the top I love like Mike. I love like Mike. Oh. I, I'm not gonna lie, that was in my top ten. Yeah, so that is pretty I think heartbreaking. You and Iman are the only ones that ranked it. Uh Iman had it at one, so I just had to break that to her. Uh semi-pro got four votes. 
uh, but they were all toward the end of people's list. So it did not crack the top 10. Damn Finding it. Forrester did not crack the top 10. Uh, Uncut Gems, only one person. I believe Sandy, you were the only one that included that. I think most of us just didn't think about that when thinking of basketball movies. That was a horrible movie, by the way. That <laughs> was- okay, it wasn't a great movie, but... It was a basketball movie with okay. KG in it. Like, how does that not count as a basketball movie, guys? Come on. It counts, but it was a horrible movie. Just so it did that. not crack the top ten, but it did receive that one vote. Uh, Glory Road, Sixth Man, O, Teen Wolf, Celtic Pride, Airbud, Double Teamed, and The Way Back all received votes, but did not crack the top ten. Clips, you good? No, dude. Like, why would those even be in the conversation? Which one? Man and, okay, Team Wolf, I got to talk about, okay? I have to talk about that. I still can't get over Iman right now. I cannot get over this number one pick. That's the Anthony Bennett of all picks right there. What the hell are you thinking? (laughs) And then you're going to dog hoop dreams? (laughs) God. Iman, you're on mute, just so you know. Yeah, I'll say Iman's just going to keep talking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would like to say that, um, you know, I knew that like Mike would not get a lot of 11 support. I was trying to boost its numbers by putting it number one. Uh, it has a special place in my heart as a seven year old who was obsessed with the little bow wow. And you know, the Raptors were featured in it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) it came at a time where I fell in love with basketball too. So seeing all the players that I grew up with. Um, okay. But besides that, let me say, half of the movies that I mentioned or I had on my list have been disqualified <laughs> based off of Alex's uh, double team is not on there. I'm kind of heartbroken about that. No um, Thank you. Double team was a good movie. It's a great Don't movie. Double team. It was a really good movie. Same, same with Luck of the Irish okay. and same with, right. you know, the other Disney Channel original movie that I can't think of. But <laughs> here's the thing. I want to say, I never dogged Hoop Dreams. I just said it's not a movie. It's a documentary. I think think Iman and I think Spencer, you too, to some extent, you guys were really voting on nostalgia. So you had like Mike, you had these Disney originals. You know, that was the difference here, I think. That's well, that's why that's why Team Wolf is in my list. Double Teams is a movie about, you know, women finding their place in in basketball and going on to be (laughs) professional athletes. It's kind of based on a true story. It's a great movie. Sandy's Sandy's face. She's like, okay. I mean, I'm a letter habit. Like, I love that movie too. I'm a letter habit. I've seen it more times than I can count. So are we going to be able to discuss this, uh, you know, the the like Mike thing here? Because I feel like Tracy Reynolds is getting extreme disrespect by not being included in the top 10. (laughs) Um, Which, by the way... As she was saying, there are a lot of athletes that I grew up watching that were in that movie. And uh, I think one of my favorite lines in the movie was, how could we lose to the Bulls? The very end. Do you have Thunderstruck in, in your top 10 just because they had NBA players in it? Guys, can we, can we, hey guys, can we chill on this for a second? We're talking the best basketball movies ever made of all time. There is no reason that we should be discussing Thunderstruck. Okay, that's what I'm saying. That's on the same level of like Mike to me. That's why I was surprised it was in the top 10. Okay, but I also get I wasn't seven. I wasn't seven when Thunderstruck came out. That's fair. That's a good point. (laughs) There's no nostalgia for Thunderstruck. Dude, I get get your nostalgia though. I get that. That's why Team Wolf is on my list, right? And I have a you know, and I have a case for it, but I totally Okay, so a a kid wearing MJ shoes is worse than a wolf who plays basketball? Oh, it was so bad, but it was such a bad movie. (laughs) And and 
But it's so bad that it was so good. Well, it was for me. Like, I, dude, the, my first two movies I ever repeatedly watched was Karate Kid and, and Teen Wolf, okay? It was the first white dude I ever saw dunk a basketball. They could have chose, <laughs> they couldn't have chosen a worse, pl- a worse basketball player than Michael fucking J. Fox at 5'3", <laughs> 128 pounds to play this point guard position. It's a, it's a really bad movie, just like, like Mike to me like but it, it has a special place for me not to mention they had the fat dude chubb his name was chubby i was a chubby kid it made me think that like yo there might be a place for me on a basketball bench at some point in my life so i was highly inspired by chubb but my like God. mike they legit like broke down the triangle like when tracy reynolds invited him over calvin Cambridge, and i forget the the little friend's <laughs> name but uh, they came over there and they were painting the triangle. They were talking about the Lakers and they were talking about the Bulls and, and how they would run the triangle under Phil Jackson. And I thought like that, that kind of stuff, like I thought, feel like kind of got lost in the shuffle in that type of movie. Like there was actually some, some solid uh, knowledge being knowledge. provided there. Real quick, real quick. I, before we get to our top 10, there's one more movie I want to talk about. Semi-pro, four of you guys voted for it. So, I mean, clearly you guys, you know, feel like this movie is, pretty good i was someone i wasn't a huge semi-pro fan i'm a huge will ferrell fan and i think i was disappointed by it because i was thinking oh god i loved all these other will ferrell movies and then he finally makes a basketball one this is gonna be amazing and i thought it was kind of just okay i was three words three words love me sexy the greatest the greatest song ever for for a basketball movie that is the jam right there three words also the everybody <laughs> ELE. It's the invention of the alley oop as well. That's the other thing. Like we can't just pass that up. With it, I mean, the history books were changed forever after uh, Coffee Black was able to create the first alley oop. So it has to be on the list. This is true. And it well, also featured all those NBA teams that that went over from the ABA. It was great. I and again, like it, we're not. I know that the criteria is different, and like there's the serious, serious basketball movies that we want to talk about, but. In, in my opinion, that's one of the better basketball movies that have been made, like featuring basketball. That's yeah, well, that, that's like, like like Mike, Semi-Pro and Finding Forrester were the three that really got the most votes that didn't make it in the top 10. And then let's get to the top 10 now. So number 10, and I know there was already some debate about this. I would even consider Finding Forrester a basketball movie. Until right. now, but yeah. Same. Same. yeah, I didn't have that on my list either. I think I, uh, I think Kelsey did. And then there was one other. It might have been Drew. I had it. Yeah, yeah I had it. Okay um so yeah those those were the three that kind of almost made the list but then everything else just received one. Oh, we got kelsey here hold on let me add kelsey in she can defend finding yeah. through one side right, can i continue in here uh while you're adding her uh sure. did anyone else consider Airbud? Oh, anybody no. seriously i'm no. doing this is gonna get it's getting so saying. mad i love it i'm just saying it's it's around basketball is it not it but is it's not It's ever. not a good. Okay. <laughs> not a good. Movie. Okay, someone who put Celtics Pride on my thing or Celtics Pride on mine. I'm not gonna. Honorable mention. I did. Okay, thank you. It's like it's <laughs> kind of my dream is to you know in a series where I think the Raptors are about to lose, kidnap LeBron James. I've wanted to do it time and time again. Never, <laughs> never has a follow through. Real quick, Kelsey, uh, thank you. We, we, we were actually just talking about uh, Finding Forrester, and there was some debate over whether it's a basketball movie or not. Would you like to defend your selection? It's a basketball movie. It's like a choice about choosing basketball, which is something usually a short-term career or something longer. And it's like what you 
it's the reality for a lot of players that this isn't going to be their final career. That's fair. Drew, any thoughts? I was just thinking about Sean Connery. I mean, <laughs> shout out RIP. That's it's a recency bias thing. Uh, but I mean, plus, I mean, if we're talking about like inner city basketball, I, I think this happens quite a lot where a really good talented kid goes from a, a public school and, and a prep school recruits him. Um, and I mean, how is it, how is that less of a basketball movie than Air Bud or like Mike? I just, I think, I mean, the guy was uh, maybe arguably the best guard in New York City. Um, so, and I, he just happened to be a better writer. So I'm, I'm on board for it being a basketball movie for sure. And Alex, uh, just real quick, let's get Kelsey's thoughts on what constitutes a basketball movie and whether or not a documentary falls in that same category. Yeah, there was some debate before you got here over, you know, hoop dreams and whether or not documentary should be included. What do you think? Um, okay, hoop dreams was number one on my list. So I'm going to say yes. But then I was thinking after I sent Alex my list, I thought, okay, so if I have hoop dreams, then I should have women of Troy as well. Would that be considered a movie? Because it is a one-part documentary, right? Hmm. That's, that's the uh, Cheryl Miller, right? Yeah. That's an SC one. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 think, I think it really just depends on you know, everyone has their own criteria. Uh, Hoop Dreams did get a lot of votes. So we'll get to that in a second. It is top five. Let's get to the top 10 now. So number 10 is the Basketball Diaries. And there was some debate already. That's number 10? That's number 10. Uh, I know a lot of people left it off their list because they feel like there wasn't actually enough basketball in it. I know Clips, that was something that you had mentioned. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's start the debate there. Do you, Clips, why did you leave it off your list? Because I dated a girl in that movie, so I don't want to talk about that movie. <laughs> so you're just completely so, biased. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to even talk about this. Pass. I did not date Leonardo DiCaprio, so <laughs> it is my number three movie. Yeah, I think honestly, Kelsey, you having it high, I think I had it at number seven or number eight. I think we're the two people that had it the highest, and that's why it probably made the top 10. Uh, do you want to defend it, Kelsey? Of course, it's a basketball movie. Again, it's like it's the title. There's so, there's so much more to basketball than just dribbling the ball. There's the, it's like finding Forrester. There's the emotional side, there's the career side. There's, if you want to watch basketball movies, go watch a documentary. If you want to watch something with substance and something surrounding basketball, then go watch The Basketball Diaries or Finding Forrester. Yeah, I would agree. I think the way I looked at it was just the movies I enjoyed watching the most. And then some of them have a lot of basketball. Some of them have only a little bit. But, you know, I wasn't thinking it had to be like, you know, we talked about like Mike. That has more basketball than Basketball Diaries. But I would much prefer to watch The Basketball Diaries over and over again. And it's just, a you know, it was really well made. The acting's amazing. So I, I think... Even if it doesn't have a lot of basketball in it, everything else kind of outweighs, you know, there's tons of other things going for it that made me kind of put it on my list. Um, anyone else want to jump in on the basketball diaries, their thoughts on it? I think the quality of basketball play may be the worst mm -hmm. outside of Teen Wolf and Will Smith's, uh, you know, Fresh Prince. I think that's, to me, as far as I'm ranking movies for basketball, there has to be some believable <laughs> action on Especially the court at one point or another. Especially when he was and on a regular regular size court as well. The thing about the the Fresh Prince is their court was was seventeen feet long. That was the worst <laughs> part of all of it. That was just horrible. 
God. And Will can hoop, too. He can hoop. Well, what, that was one of our, like, superlatives we were going to get to after our top 10 was the worst, the most unrealistic basketball scenes in these movies. And, yeah, I mean, I do agree. It's pretty rough in Basketball Diaries. It's not – you're definitely not coming for the basketball action. Um, <laughs> one – I mean, if we're t- one thing that I said in our group chat before we started this was I think Catwoman has the worst basketball scene in any movie ever. It's just so bad. But that's obviously not a basketball movie. If we're talking about just the most unrealistic play in a – quote unquote basketball movie i think this is up there like high school musical if we want to even count that as basketball that was just so brutal to watch especially like as a young kid it's like what is happening here what are some other movies that come to mind as like the worst or most unrealistic basketball scenes air bud it has to be air bud there's no freaking <laughs> way i mean like if, if the, we brought it up earlier if the if the name of the movie is gonna be brought up that has to be included there's no way a dog would play basketball period <laughs> and that's fair and that's fair but i'm still gonna include it in my top 10 i love it but okay. what if they remade Airbud and they used Clay Thompson's dog Rocco? Great <laughs> idea. Great idea. I like that. But still a no, hard no. So number 9, we're going to go from the, you know, least most unrealistic basketball scenes to probably the most realistic. Uh Blue Chips is number 9. Um only 3 of us had Blue Chips on their list. I had it at number what? 5. What? Yeah, I had it very, I think I had the highest. I'm a huge fan of this movie. And I think also one thing, I mean, here's the case I'll make for this movie. First of all, I think the basketball scenes are the best. Apparently they just told, I mean, they had tons of professional players and college players out there and they actually had them play and they went and edited it later to make it, you know, fit for the movie. They had actual coaches on the sideline telling the actors when to step up and yell and scream at the refs and everything. Um, It's just really well done. And it also captures what, recruiting and you know paying players off and all that is actually like um and there's also the fact that it had a huge impact on the nba there's been talk that penny and Shaq got close on that set and that's why they ended up teaming up and if that movie doesn't happen then it's very possible we see Shaq and chris weber as teammates so there's the whole i'm a huge fan of that movie i love it i think actually two of the play i mean i have penny and Shaq from that movie you know butch and neon in my all-time starting five too so i went Full blue chips. I love the movie, uh, but some of you guys didn't have it on there, so I'm curious why. Because I've never seen it. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Are you that's fair. Kidding me? It's so Are relevant you right kidding now. Kidding me? It's so good. You need to watch it. It's really, really good. Clips. I know you're on my side here. Back me up. Well, you've took the words out of my mouth, and you're disrespecting my blue chips poster that I'm looking at right in front of me, right here from 1994. I mean, come on. Like you said, if that doesn't happen. Orlando, I mean, Shaq basically forced Orlando to take Penny after this. Yeah. Forced him. And like you said, the basketball scenes were real. Calbert Chaney's in it. Bobby Knight's in it. Alan, uh, Houston. Alan Houston's in it. It was filmed at UCLA. Like it was just uh, at the time was so perfect. And Shaq at that point was so, like a myth, you know, a mythological creature because we, we wanted more of Shaq. This is 94. Shaq was drafted in 92. Uh, and that scene of him just playing, you know, them going through the jungle and finding Neon in like this, this podunk like barn playing basketball was so sick. And Butch, Butch McRae's mom who wanted the money and wanted a job and wanted all this shit for her son to come. And Ricky Rowe, the white boy from Indiana, who's, you know, they wanted a tractor and like 50K cash. And Nick Nolte wants nothing to do with it, but understands that 
uh, if we're going to get to where we need to go, we got to pay these dudes. And this is still relevant today with exactly what's going on in college basketball. It's very relevant today. Uh, Kelsey, you got to see that. Like that's, it's a great, yeah, it's a great movie. There's another one that I haven't seen. I was my, so my best friend like does not know anything about basketball. She appreciates it. I was telling her what we were doing tonight and she said that there was one that she loves Call with Whoopi Goldberg. I think it's called Eddie. Eddie. Eddie's Eddie. on my. Eddie's on my. My. Uh, oh, sorry. No. I don't mean to screaming. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love the passion. Clips. Go ahead. I haven't seen that one either, so I'm gonna have to watch that one. You're good. Okay. <laughs> Clips is done. Clips is. Sure? <laughs> Clips is covering his mouth. Uh, At the okay, risk so. of making Clips' head explode, I haven't seen Blue Chips either. You see how red oh, my face so is? Good. Well, no, it makes sense though. Like honestly, I'd rather th- I'd rather it be because you guys hadn't seen it and that's why it's low than you guys had seen it and didn't like it. It makes sense now. I, I completely understand why it's at nine then because it's a really good movie. You guys would like it. I um, think that's infants in 1994. So yeah, I'm, I'm a, I was gonna say I'm not sure why I saw it because I was three. So I must my parents must have like yeah. made me watch it years later i don't know because i was wondering why i saw it too but it's really good i'd recommend it um, i've seen it on tv but here's the thing too and i'm gonna make clips heads explode too like most you know I'm, i want to say most but probably like a few i have not seen so i didn't include them on the list so maybe that plays a little bit of a factor that i was born in 92 and some of these movies came out either a before i was born or b when i was an infant uh, so that probably can play a, a part into it too. Well, it's obvious I'm the grandpa of this room, <laughs> obviously right now. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna shut my mouth with all this because I cannot believe <laughs> back having, in my day. I, I, used to... <laughs> I, I I just don't I can't believe you guys haven't seen this movie at all. It's like really Blue Chip, that, there's so many movies I haven't seen. <clears throat> there, that is way too low. Blue Chips is way too low at number nine. Just to let you guys know. Anyways, Grandpa is chilling. Grandpa mute. Yeah, I agree. I had it the highest, so I totally agree. I'm a huge fan of the movie. I would highly recommend it. It's amazing. It's one of those things where like the acting isn't as pro- isn't as good as some of the other movies on the list because they chose for the basketball realism versus the acting. They'd rather have you know these players and have these amazing basketball scenes than have amazing acting. It's kind of a trade off, but it, it's worth it because the basketball the- scenes are awesome. And the the players are playing themselves. They're they're not asking the players to play a character. Like you yeah. were talking about uncut <clears throat> uncut gems. Like they just told KG to act like KG, and it's very. They didn't ask him to do like some Shakespeare shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's easier. <clears throat> excuse me, Grandpa's got a frog in his throat. Jeez, um, <clears throat> maybe I need to go drink some tea or something. Um, yeah, so it's a lot easier them for uh, for them to act be themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah, Shaq plays like a dominant big man from Louis, uh, from Louis, from uh, LSU uh, or you know that area who scores low on his SATs and his Baton Rouge. Yeah, Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's it's he's basically playing himself. It just has a different name, but yeah, it's a really good movie. Um, number. Hold eight. on, Alex. I think I think I have to say this too. I think this is like the predecessor to He Got Game. I don't think He Got Game necessarily is thought of without Spike Lee watching Blue Chips and then coming up with his own unique take on it. So that's that's another piece I have to throw in there. That's interesting. They are kind of similar, um, just like yeah. the behind the scenes of recruiting and landing a star player. That's interesting. I like that. Um, so number, number eight is Space Jam. Uh, number eight? Number eight. I was surprised it wasn't higher. Um, oh. So the only four of us had it on our list and one of us had it number one i forget who had it number one let me see um well that was probably mon's number two i would assume 
<laughs> it wasn't on my list. Oh wait, I did not say the highest. Uh, the highest it was ranked was number two. Sorry, and then a few of us had it like number five, number six. But yeah, it's at number eight uh, with twenty-two points. I thought this would be higher. Uh, this is one of those movies that, again, talking about nostalgia, I think it's it was like one of my favorite movies growing up. The soundtrack is amazing. Um, now I don't know if I watched. That's why Kelly. I didn't have it. Really, I feel like a movie aimed at younger children with R. Kelly as like the theme song is oh. not does not age very well. Yeah, we have a one of our awards we're going to give out is movie that didn't age well, and that definitely is a contender. Yeah, that's a good point. I forgot. That's a good Damn, I forgot about it. Counts, bro. Oh man. Yikes. Um, I you can't go two. back and have someone else sing. I believe I can fly. I mean, what can you do? Yeah. No, I'll I, I do a really good I believe I can fly. So if they would like to do me to do that. Do it, Amon, do it. Well, I was going to say too, like it's one of those movies Please. that if I went back and watched it right now, it, I'd probably be like, this is horrible. But as a kid, I loved it. So it made my list. I didn't, I didn't love it as a kid. What's that? I didn't, I never loved, I didn't, love, I didn't love it as a kid. It makes me as a long commercial, if we're being honest. It, that's oh exactly what it kind of. That's oh, exactly come on, what guys. it feels like. I like Wait, was, it, but I were see. Were you guys fans saying. of Looney Tunes? I mean, yeah. uh, were you I just didn't watch cartoons. Okay, <laughs> I watched that explains Center when I was five. Sandy, oh, you got, I, I was. Sandy. <laughs> Sandy's <laughs> got something to say. <laughs> no, I mean like Michael Jordan in a movie with cartoon characters. I think Buzz Bunny is like hilarious. I I just I think the the movie just. Now that you bring R. Kelly into it, it kind of ruins the whole vibe. He's not like, in the for movie. The most part, he's um, on one. He's on like one track. I know. Some, but... Well, the, the song of that movie is Seal, but I, <laughs> that is the song, not R. Kelly. Just to let you guys know. There you anyway. go. Um, but yeah, no, the movie is great. It's it's you know nostalgia. Like it just reminds me of my childhood. And yeah. uh, my mom was a big Bulls fan, so anything MJ was cool with me. And the monsters too. Yeah, yeah like no, based awesome. on players. They're based That's on the players. You had... realize that the worst guy is like based on Jerry Krause after watching The Last Dance. You're like, that is oh, crazy. Oh, yeah, that is crazy. Oh, yeah. and if you look at like not only you know the players being it and everything, but look at the impact on culture too. Like you still see people wearing the Toon Squad jerseys, and you know, look at I mean, the fact that once LeBron became like a huge superstar, it was like we need Space Jam too. We need a, re- a sequel. Blah blah yeah. blah. Like people to this day still show their kids the movie and it still has an impact culturally so i mean and like regard i mean the r kelly thing aside because obviously he's a monster that's horrible but like it does have to be looked at before all that stuff came you know to you know came about i think it was one of the top soundtracks you know it's an incredible soundtrack the monstars theme song was amazing outstanding also the jordan 11s came out which are the most iconic jordan that the shoe that came out the space jams are are number one so and bill murray was involved bill murray and he doesn't that play was... defense <laughs> drew bill was murray. waiting for that one <laughs> Drew was waiting. love it i was gonna mention it do you guys have high hopes for- i i had like mike at number one and so i decided since i had like mike at number one the space jam would not be on my list i had to make a choice i had double two and you chose ten. like mike I chose like Mike. I'm gonna choose Kelsey, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. Seven-year-old Iman is still in here. He had dreams one day. So, do we have high hopes for Space Jam Two, or do you guys feel like it's gonna be pretty bad? What do you guys think? I think there's some movies that should never be recreated, and that's one of them. It's like trying to do a Shawshank Redemption Two right? Like what happens after he gets on the boat at the end of the movie? Like nobody wants to see that shit. You don't remake it. 
you know, and it's not going to be as good. Did you guys happen to see, I don't want to give it away and have any spoilers here, but did you see that like the synopsis that they released about what's going to be about Kelsey? I saw you nod your head. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think they brought it up on, um, on no dunks. They were talking about, he's supposed to like go through this maze basically of all these Looney Tune characters and, and like Warner brothers stuff. characters. So like Penny yeah. could be in it. Like, I think that's pretty, like, at least they're getting creative and like, not just doing like a complete doing remake. The whole story. It'll yeah. be a little different, which is cool. But, I think his son's supposed to be in it too. That's what, no, I, that's what yeah. I read from the synopsis. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna be him. They hired another actor. That oh, so it's like not Bronny. It's not oh, Bronny. Yeah, um, I think part of it is like no punishment. matter. I like how we're that's the least realistic <laughs> part for us, where it's it's not Bronny. It's, it can't even be realistic when like he's <laughs> running through this maze of made up characters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I feel like uh, the expectations are so high. I, I think uh, that's gonna be the interesting thing like people are expecting it to be this amazing movie because space jam was so big and people loved it so much that people are going to go into expecting a ton and i think that's going to be kind of tough for it uh so we'll see i mean i'm curious to see what that movie looks like you know who's going to be the biggest hater of that movie this guy michael jordan michael jordan's going to be like nah this shit ain't happening this is no dude mike's going to win this bro this is the lose lose for lebron if his yeah. numbers, if his numbers are not the same as Mike, he's already not revered in the same way universally like Mike. I think that's I a just, different combo, Drew. I know, I know, I know that, I know that. But okay. what I'm saying is, is, like the reason that Space Jam did so well is because Mike was on his own level. Mm-hmm. And there's too many LeBron haters. There wasn't enough Mike haters for the movie to do bad. I think there's a yeah. good shot that this doesn't do well. That's a that's a good point. That's very possible. Um, Okay, let's move along. Sorry, I'm like, I'm, I'm taking too long here. Please, you guys do have to remember, I just want to say, you, yeah. you have to remember that the movie is going to be for kids. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not for, uh, like, we'll watch it because, yeah, I'm nostalgia, we're basketball fans. But for the most part, it's your five-year-old kid that's going to watch this movie and enjoy it, right? It's not made for us. Right, but but my my brother hates LeBron, so he's not taking his kids to see that. <laughs> yeah, I'll still laugh at Daffy Duck any day of the week. <laughs> all right number seven is hoosiers uh so let's get just a recap number 10 basketball diaries number nine blue chips number eight space jam number seven hoosiers um who had hoosiers the highest someone had it ranked number three i had it at two i think oh two okay sorry so drew i'll let you jump in and defend hoosiers i mean jimmy chitwood the picket fence um uh, this is it's more than basketball this is about um you know helping a recovering alcoholic as well find his way there's, there's just so many amazing, and I, I, I'll give you this too. It's, I think it's a pretty accurate depiction of how poorly basketball was played at that time. Because, I mean, it is one play. They, all they needed was one play. But, I mean, the nostalgia factor, I, 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 it's the quintessential basketball movie outside of Hoop Dreams, which I had number one. <laughs> My favorite scene in that movie, I think, is when they're going into the tournament and he brings out the tape measure and shows them that it's literally the same size as our court. Don't be, you know, intimidated by the spot. Literally the same exact thing. Um, but man, I haven't seen it in so long. I gotta rewatch it. Yeah, I'll admit, I, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. I had seen it when I was much younger, but I haven't seen it in recent years. So maybe that's why I didn't have it higher. I think I had it number like seven. So I didn't have it too low, but I mean, it made my list. But for some of you guys that didn't have it on your list, what, you know, why did you guys not rank it high or not have it on your list at all? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. <laughs> okay, that makes sense then. <laughs> no worries. I had it online. Oh yeah, Iman, I'll let you weigh in then. I and I think that uh, Drew did a great job of that. It was 
it it was probably one of the first basketball movies I watched too. So I think um, that's probably why I regard it so highly. But I also think it's like it, it's a story outside of basketball. It's like a man sort of journey back and just like giving people second chances and like a nice redeemable story. And yeah, loosely based on a true story. I don't know. It's a good movie. Everyone it's a small it. town. It's a small town place, you know, like it's, it's very, uh, it's homey. Well, I mean, going back to like, we talked about space and the cultural impact, like people to this day still visit, you know, where that movie was shot and the gym and all that, like people are still excited about it this many years later. So, uh, and you still see some of those jerseys and stuff too. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely, uh, you know, a lot of people who you know love that movie and probably have it even higher. I think the reason why we probably had it a bit lower was because some of us hadn't seen it. Um, every movie I believe we have in the top six here was ranked by all of us. So I think now we get to the ones that we all pretty much agreed on. We had them at different spots, but we've all seen these ones. So number six is Above the Rim. Um, oh. Now, again, some of you guys had it as high as number two. I think some even had number three. Who was the high person on Above the Rim? Clips. Yeah, definitely Clips. All right, Clips, <laughs> I mean, all you. Well, I'm looking at my Above the Rim poster to the left over here, okay? <laughs> First of all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout out the year 1994, where Hoop Dreams, Blue Chips, and Above the Rim all come out the same year. Yeah. Above the Rim was the reason why my dream was to go play basketball in New York City. <clears throat> it was my dream my whole life. I think, it, I mean, it was shot all in Harlem. Uh, Dwayne Martin was a real hooper who could play. It encompassed the whole basketball city vibe. I mean, you got Pac, you've got, uh, like I said, Dwayne, and let alone the the um, the the soundtrack to that movie, which is pretty crazy if you think about this. West Coast, East Coast beef was was getting really big at that point. That whole soundtrack is all West Coast cats. It was it was distributed by Interscope and Death Row Records. Pac mm-hmm. had a crazy. Uh, it was a, if you bought it on cassette, God damn it. I feel like a, a grandpa again. If you bought it on cassette, you got A-track? Yeah, not a track, bro. Chill. <laughs> it ain't that old. Okay. I ain't that old, but you got the bonus tracks and Pac has a song on there called pain, which is like the main, the main song for above the rim and just everything about it, the whole Georgetown thing. And this was during like Allen Iverson's coming up, all this stuff. It, it, it was number two on my list. I love above the rim. Uh, I do number number two on my list. And and I, actually, I d- did end up going and playing basketball in New York City. I played at Rucker Park. I played at all the places that were there. Uh, fulfilled my dream, and it was everything that I thought it was going to be. Now here, I, I gotta I gotta say this. Uh, Jared Rudolph is watching right now. He says you are wrong. East West beef was years out, but the soundtrack was tough. Do you want to respond, Clips? I'm, it was starting. Don't think it wasn't there. It was, it was starting. How do you have a New York based basketball movie based in Harlem and not have one New York cat on your, on your, on your, uh, on your soundtrack? Not one. You you don't got Nas anywhere. You, you know, you can't, you can't put rock him. Can't get a beat. Come on, dude. It was, it's, it's a little odd. Warren G regulate was on that again. And and, who yeah, shot you came out in 94. The song "Who Shot You." Thank I mean, you. So there's definitely beef. I mean, with that. What, sh- with what's that his song. name? Jerome. What's his name? Jared. Jared. Tell Jared, I, tell Jared to chill. Check, check the facts. Our guy Jared. He's gonna have a debate with you when we're just we're gonna be the messenger and we're up, just Jared? gonna go right back. <laughs> up, Jared? Listen, the first time Tupac got shot at was '94. 
yeah led people to believe that was the beginning of like the biggie tupac beat so and if you think about it it's it kind of correlates to the whole thing we're talking about with blue chips like birdie wants to give this dude some money to play on his team and you guys know that during the summer fat joe and all these guys have their squads playing in the street ball tournaments and it's so it's so real out there the energy the basketball energy is so real out there but i, I want to bring up something we got the problem with above the rim, okay, and the reason why it's not number one is because the opening scene of this movie is the probably the corniest, probably the corniest opening ever. You live in Harlem, okay? There are literally basketball courts on every single corner, but nah, nah, we're gonna build one on the seventeenth floor with a paper backboard facing a window, right? And so not so slaps the backboard falls out the window and dies that is the lamest shit ever okay now the follow-up on that was really great i mean uh shep tommy shep dropped like 75 points in the in the final game in corduroy jeans right all mid-range all, all mid-range. mid-range just, just all DeMar DeRozan. Oh, yeah just okay. quiet just quiet all day wow. in, cor- yeah. in corduroy jeans. DeMar DeRozan and go okay it's fine well, those are two t- Raptors. Yes, she's got to throw that in. Yes, we know. No, I was just never mind. No. <laughs> so, uh, for those of you guys that had it a bit lower, why do you guys have the movie a bit lower? I'm just curious. Um, what did I have it at? Like maybe seven? I think so, okay. around there. Yeah. I think because I don't remember it as well as I remember the ones in my top five. That'd be honestly the same thing for me. I was, again, I was very young when I saw it last. That's so. fair. All right, let's get to the top five. I think I remember the hype around Above the Rim more than I remember the actual plot point of the movie. Mm. Check out the soundtrack. It's it's dope. Okay. All right, so... And Shep is a bad actor. The guy that plays Shep okay. is a bad actor. Leon? Yeah, he's like, Leon's... He's not good. He was so sad the whole movie. Was, like, bro, can was, you smile? You got a woman. <laughs> you got a woman here that really wants to take care of you, bro. Like, she wants to take care of you. Like, I didn't understand. Like, I understand being depressed, but you just—he only said like two words in the entire movie. I was guess, just like, "Can we move on, please?" Guess what, Leon? Let's make better decisions and not play basketball on the seventeenth floor of a vacant building. <laughs> you could have avoided the whole situation. Sorry. Okay. It was so okay. unnecessary. Ugh. So unnecessary. So unnecessary. Who built that rim? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number five, we have Love and Basketball. Now, I feel like we're pretty divided on this one. Some of us had it very high. Some of us had it much lower. Uh, who wants to lead the debate on Love and Basketball? I mean, you know, I'm always down to lead a debate. Here. Go for it. All right, start. All right. The, so two things. One, it was about time that the Clippers got some love on the feature film. Cause you know, pops played on the Clippers, right? It's always the Lakers. It's always fucking somebody else besides the Clippers. Q's pops played for the Clippers. So I was stoked about that already. That's why you're on my wall back here. Loving basketball. Okay. Uh, I have to note that it was towards the end of his career. So okay. this was definitely a bad con. They gave him a bad contract. This the- is bad money. He's, he's his knees don't work as well. It's, he his prime is well behind him. But it's continue, the Dominique sorry. Wilkins effect. Yes. Yeah. That's what exactly. With That's a, right on point with the Clippers organization. <laughs> um, I mean the 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 strip one on one. Come on, amazing. That is perfect. Okay. If 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 you didn't have a girlfriend that hooped and didn't try to play strip one on one, you weren't doing shit right. Okay. Fun fact 
about this movie though real life love in basketball kevin durant's fiance okay her his first fiance was named monica wright who played in the WNBA, who uh who uh had the same name as monica wright in the movie fun fact clips fun fact anyways proceed i love it that fun fact so why did you guys have he said he wanted his own monica wright and then got his own (laughs) monica wright Mm -hmm. it's beautiful um so why did you guys why did you guys have this movie a bit lower i'll be honest i haven't seen this one in so long so i probably i I get it on i'm sorry tv every once in a while Right, no, I've like seen it'll it. be, it'll ones be that you watch when you're young and you're like, "Oh, this is goals," and then you watch it when you're older and you're like, "And it's like this nah, guy is a dick. He's a, the biggest dick." Yeah, like that whole scene where he's like, "Oh, play for my love," and then he like dunks on her ass and shit. I'm yeah, like, and then that? And just like settles for her. Was like, that? And he's like, "Yeah, my career's over. Nobody's gonna want me. So let me just go back to the person that's been desperate for me since we were like 17. Yeah, I just. The basketball is great. <laughs> Everything else is trash. I love that All you guys have the same, like, that's exactly what happened. As a kid, I was like, this is gold. This is it. And then I watched it as an adult and I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> How can you pass this shit as a love story? It's horrible. It. She didn't break curfew. She didn't break curfew. You're telling me <laughs> that this is what we're talking about? The curfew? <laughs> she was dedicated. She broke his heart. She broke the man's heart. Okay. He was going through a tough time. Okay. <laughs> i'm not gonna stand up for that asshole that was mostly a joke <laughs> so num- let's move on to number four this is one that we've kind of already talked about a bit it is hoop dreams now for people that are just tuning in now we kind of had a debate earlier about whether or not this should be higher whether or not you know why some people left it off because they felt like documentary shouldn't be on there but it did make the top four i think a number of us had this at number one actually oh uh, let me see yeah a number of us had this at number one uh, some of us had it a bit lower. So who wants to start with Hoop Dreams and, and kind of talk there? I mean, I think that I think it's got to be our, our guy Spencer who's who's disqualifying it. So yeah, let's let's, ahead, let's just I'll let's let start that off. Well, I mean, I've already made my my point about documentary, so I don't really want to go into it. Obviously, it's a fantastic film. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't think any of us are questioning the quality of it. I think you were just thinking maybe it shouldn't belong in this kind of list, uh, you know, next to fictional movies, right? Right, yeah, just because, again, your criteria for movie is that someone is an actor portraying somebody. Even if something is based on a true story, it's still not that actual person that's in the film. So if you're following around, you know, a real-life situation, that is not fiction it's not a movie per se even though you can say it's a documentary movie and there you know the genre fits into the movie category when i think of basketball movies or movies in general i don't think of a real life situation where people are portraying themselves or they're just themselves being filmed i I just don't yeah i mean i had it very high i think See, I would disagree. I think I see what you're saying. And like, if like, like, let me pre- preface this. If I had known that we were including documentaries, I would have included more than a game and I would have included through the fire. See, like, I don't right. think those ones are even close to hoop, hoop dreams. Though. That's the, no, that's it's not. I mean, not and not in terms of the, you know, but what I'm saying is, had I known that I probably would have put them in my list. Okay, that's fair. Um, Anyone want to jump in on? I know Clips. You had this one very high. You, you were very passionate about it. I what am. Well, I, I, 
What do you well, love? About? I actually got to go. Like I did a I I did a project with Arthur Ag uh, for the 20 year anniversary of of hoop dreams. I got to go to Chicago. We played basketball. We did clinics out there. I got to meet him, and and I was really excited to meet him because he was such a big part of my child my childhood. I guess. I just think what resonated the most for me is I had it so easy. I got to go to any school I wanted to go to. My parents were great. You know what I mean? I had all these opportunities and we both shared the same love for basketball, but he had drug addicted parents and had to, had to take two hours to get to the school he wanted to go to. His lights are off. You know what I mean? He's, he loves basketball as much as I do, but I saw how hard it was for him and William Gates uh, to make it, you know, and it, it's that it's that same story that we hear all the time that we're going to see even in today's with all these Instagram famous 17 year olds who are the best basketball players in the nation right now who aren't going to make it. They are going to be an Arthur Agee or a William Gates. You're one ACL away. It's a very important movie for people to watch, you know, and again, like this was in the theaters. Uh, these, yes, they're real people. They're not actors, but this shit won awards for a reason. It struck a chord with, with basketball players and just with, with, with people in general. I think it's really important for people to see that movie. Anything I think that you can come away feeling inspired from is, should be considered as a movie. I mean, I'm not going to go consider something like Jesus Camp, a movie, that was a documentary because right. you don't, you learn things, but you don't come away like feeling inspired. Could you be, could you imagine though in Chicago, like to go, he wanted to go to Isaiah Thomas's high school because he was the legend in Chicago. Could you imagine like coming from where he comes from to have to spend two hours a day just to get to school and then to go to practice and then to have your coach harp on your ass all day long and then to do your studies and then to take two hours back home to that shitty life that you have right now. You know what I mean? That's got to be difficult. And just the story of that. Uh, and it's not a one-off story. There's so many stories like that. Like, I mean, Justin Anderson just said in an interview about his dad used to drive him like two hours each way to school every single morning so that he could play basketball there and then he's going back home and sleeping on the floor like that's that's the reality for more than just these people from this movie totally agree i would love to see i mean speaking of like remakes i mean i don't first of all i don't think anything i don't i want to say like oh it's going to be hoop dream 2 or hoop dreams 2 it's going to be just as good as the first one or anything like that but they i already did that there is a hoop dreams 2 they Isn't already it, did really that. oh i haven't seen it i didn't realize that not the same it's not the same story though, you know. Sure, sure. But I was thinking like in today, I would love to see like a current version of this is what I was kind of getting at. I think that would be super interesting because things are so different now. Um, but I think that would be fascinating. I, I totally agree. Yeah, hoop reality, right? No. <laughs> Wasn't that what it was called? Oh, oh no, was that you're talking about like LeVar Ball and stuff. Like <laughs> oh, hoop reality was the sequel. Oh, oh, I'm not sure. I didn't know there was a sequel, to be honest with you. I didn't know there was Patrick a sequel. Beverly's in it. And huh. he could still, let me just tell you, Arthur Agee could still hoop. I gave him the business, but he could still hoop. <laughs> I love it. All right. No, I was so, just going to say, uh, oh, quickly, yep. uh, I mean, I, I rewatched that actually today because um, I just wanted a, a little bit of a refresher. And the thing that really struck me about that film is just you see these these young kids who have these dreams and you see like the light in their eyes and he's in front of Isaiah Thomas and like 
the world is his oyster pretty much with Arthur. Like he, like anything is possible. And then you see as the movie goes on the disillusion and, and, and just life breaking you down and, and, and kind of ridding, like getting rid of, of, of those dreams. Like reality kind of sits in like where you come from and, and uh, who you know, and um, maybe what your capabilities are on the core. And I, I just feel like, like, I, I had a little bit of a cry watching it because mm -hmm. it kind of broke my heart. Even re-watching it, it kind of broke my heart um, knowing that he had the skill and if he was trained um, well, if he was able to maybe continue on at St. Joseph's um, and he had that opportunity, if his parents could afford to keep, um, um, keep him in the school, who, who knows what would have happened, right? Um, so I just, it was just kind of a reminder that a, a lot of, of these kids are going through the same thing. Um, I mean, that scene where he comes home and they have candles lit because the lights are right, on. You know what right, I mean? Right. And then, and, and when you, when you like your one shot to get out of this situation is to make a pro team or to yeah. go to college, right? right. In hindsight's 2020, looking back, like now as a grown ass man, you look back and like, fuck me, I should have made this decision and this right. decision. You know, all these people were in my in my my ear telling me I'm great, telling me I'm this and that. And that's happening with a lot of these kids today. Right, right. You know? So you have this these false these false dreams, you know? Yeah. And then yeah. you, when and when you say the sadness, it's like there is a point in that film where like you can tell both of them are thinking, like, man, maybe I'm I not can't. good enough for this. Right. Yeah. And then when you see William Gates, who's a great, great man, and his son right now is very, very good. Yeah. Uh, you should, William Gates Jr. Uh, yeah. And when you, when you see him as a security guard, you're like, damn, that's oh, the reality. Right. We're all one step away from that shit, though. You know what I mean? We make some bad decisions or, or you know, something happens. We're Which all why finding Forrester should have been higher because he made good decisions. Right. But right. I think what's hard about it, too, with, Ga with Gates is that, like, he was skilled enough to go into the NBA. Like, it wasn't a maybe. He was probably going to end up in the NBA. And just a couple of wrong decisions at a very young age, you know, they don't give you time to grow up and, and try to figure yourself out. You're expected to know your path and, and, and uh, uh, be mature in your decisions at like 18 years old. Like, of course an 18 year old is uncoachable. Like why, like, so- Especially from that, especially from that environment though. It right, makes it a hundred right. times harder, a hundred yeah, times. Right. I think so. covering covering like high school sports and college sports and the NBA, this is one of those stories that, you know, we hear a lot about and we see, you know, guys that could have made it, but this one thing went wrong or they got hurt or there's different things like that. And maybe the, I think the public doesn't see these things as much. So, you know, maybe this is something that I take for granted, just kind of seeing these things happen a lot behind the scenes and seeing these stories, but they are so fascinating and that you don't realize that every single player in the NBA, first of all, worked extremely hard and is super talented to get there, whether they're on the, on, you know, starter, superstar player or 15th man on the bench, but yeah. they also had a lot of luck and, you know, little things that they were very close to missing potentially, you know, cause people don't realize just how hard it is to get to that point. So I think you're right. I mean, I, and yeah, Kelsey, I did look it up. Hoop Reality is the sequel and Patrick Beverly is in it. So I got to check that out. I didn't realize that. Chicago, Chi-Town. I'm going to be watching it. So. Yeah, I need to check that out. Um, Can I just say that was like really great on Hoop Dreams, but no one 
really talked about what it's a movie and just not a documentary. Do we have to keep explaining this? <laughs> there you go, Iman. Okay. Okay, Iman like really? Talking about the story and how inspiring it is, but it's like, okay, The Last Dance is not a movie. It's a documentary. But it didn't inspire me the way that Hoopstream says. It didn't make me feel A movie anything. isn't supposed, like I couldn't, I've watched so many movies that were not inspiring. But they're still movies because they're a movie. Oh, Jared wants to hop in. Yeah, okay, Jared, you, ready, you ready for the burner right now? Let's go. Let's go. What's up, everybody? What up? Hello. What's up, Jared? How y'all feeling? Good. How are you? Great. Oh, man. A little you know. upset at Iman, but it's all good. Jared, yeah, I just think you guys talked for so long about how great Hoop Dreams is. And it's like no one's questioning that it's not a movie, though. Thank well, you. Well, I think I will say, too, like, especially nowadays with like the difference between movies and TV shows and series. I mean, it definitely, the line is blurring. So I like, okay, I I sure my number one. <laughs> <laughs> like we're talking about like the last dance, you know, you could call that a series, especially cause it was so long. Like, I don't know. It's things are very, it's hard to say, but I, I get why you guys, I think we all agree. It's great. I just get why you guys left it off and it's better. I mean, I'm glad you guys aren't saying, Oh, it's a crappy movie. That's why I had it so low. It's just because it didn't necessarily fit your guys' criteria of a movie, but which makes sense. But Jared, I'm gonna throw it to you right now. What is your beef with clips right now? I don't know the guy. I don't want to beef with him. <laughs> we just we fun. We we have some some disagreements on the timeline of certain things in reference to Above the Rim. Um, that that movie wasn't reflective of any East Coast West Coast rap, you know, issues. You know, Who Shot You wasn't about Pac, contrary to popular opinion. And in terms of the soundtrack, that was just a business decision. Death Row Records was commissioned with putting together the soundtrack. So Pac song was no more popular than SWV. It wasn't from L.A., but Lady of Rage and Afro Puffs was. So it, it was all about timing. But you, you must remember, and there's a certain thing. I'm from Harlem, so I was I was there. Um, you know, you, you must remember that Pac, God rest his soul, in his, his early cinematic career, most of his characters, Bishop, you know, Birdie, they were all New York guys. Pac's not from L.A. So, you know, as much as people would like to make that argument, he's not from there. And, you know, you know, miscommunication and, you know, street business, which I'm not going to discuss on there, that led to conflict. But it depends on who you ask in terms of the origin of, you know, the real East Coast, West Coast thing that pot got inserted into. But there are many that believe it It started when Snoop made New York, New York, and he, and he kicked over the buildings and my beat replied. So, you know, not that that has anything to do with your discussions, but that's just what Clips and I disagree i just felt that it was odd at that like with that movie coming out that the whole soundtrack was i mean dog pounds on there like you said rage yeah, but, but but think about it for a second clips not to cut you off think about it for a second so at the time you know this isn't bad boys infancy we're talking about 93 94 right so you know obviously the movie came out in 94 the album um, the movie wasn't shot in 94 so if Puff was doing it or if Andre Harrell was doing it or if somebody else was doing it and their label was based in a certain place, whether it was down south or not, then they're going to commission their artists. All that is is good business. Dre and Suge got the soundtrack. They commissioned their artists. And SWV, who had the hit from that soundtrack. Now, Pac did a song and that created a relationship which would later turn into him going over to death row because, remember, he got locked up in between. Suge got him movies. out. Mm -hmm. So again, they like it, it's it's just coincidence because if it was the East Coast West Coast thing, then the basketball would have been based in L.A. too. So it's just a good movie with a good soundtrack that Death Row just happened to do. Okay, I'm I'm with that. I just I wanted to I wanted to bring just some context to to the movie. That's what I see when I 
you oh, know, I mean, I get it. A lot of people, a lot of people see that. But again, you know, sir, I'm not going to be the guy to start spitting out people name because I understand street business and how it works. And I don't want anybody knocking down my doors. But there's some really real serious characters that were involved in that whole thing that get left out of it. And it's a bigger story, but it's, it's not what you read in Vibe magazine. That's just selling, that was selling product for the most part. People bought it. They sold it. Even if you go back and you review what this East Coast, West Coast thing was really about. It's really about a whole lot of nothing. There wasn't a whole lot of shots going back and forth. You had Pac making a whole lot of songs about people and they didn't respond. Yeah. Do you agree that oh, being, being being from Harlem and the, the just those the teams that they created in these streetball tournaments, like Birdie had his team and everybody oh. like that's really important there. No, Very yeah, important. no, that I mean that that definitely I mean, look, there's so many different things that happen to make people fall in love with New York summer basketball, right? So I'm not sure if it's on any of your list in terms of best movie, and it is a documentary, so to Soul speak. Soul, Soul, Soul in the Hole? Soul in the Hole. Soul in the Hole. Booger Smith. You, know, you don't think I'm going to talk about Booger Smith tonight, dog? No. Yeah, but that 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 whole thing, it, it made people fall in love, and it, it built a mystique around New York basketball because it's really like that, right? Right. Like so, whether you in Brooklyn or whether you you know West Fourth or whether for for me like Alex knows my claim to fame is you know Steph giving me fifty whatever it was at Riverbank State Park, you know like On that New York basketball thing was real and you know entertainers getting involved and having their own teams. My guy Edgar Burgos did an incredible movie, The Blackout, where he talked about the Fat Joe Jay Z, you know rivalry that summer. It was incredible, but like mm -hmm. that really happened. Like people really sat in trees and on windows. Yeah. And he, to get a glimpse in the park to 1994 when it was happening to when Dr. J was playing over there. So, you know, this is great to be from Harlem to be able to see those things. But we agree on everything just except for, you know, that is coincidence. I'm with that. I respect that. It's a kind of an eerie coincidence, isn't it? I, I think that people, I think, you know, in all things, including war, is business. And as a general of an army, you see where you have your advantages. And I think that the people that orchestrated the money-making machine that was the East Coast, West Coast media feud were able to see the pieces on the chessboard and use them to their advantage. So I think that things that you saw play out then, you know, uh -oh. were manipulated and put oh, in yeah. place for this thing to happen. But, you know, whether you were from Atlanta, Miami, New York, LA, Baltimore, if you were in the music business in the early 90s, you wanted to be involved with Tupac Shakur. And it was smart business to do so. And, you know, depending on who he was dealing with, that the temperature of the music was different. You know, when he was telling everybody about Brenda's having a baby, it wasn't about where he was from. He had a UNLV jacket on. Right. So who cared? Nice. Nobody cared, right? Mm -hmm. He's from Baltimore. <laughs> like, right. he spent time in New York. So nobody really cared. When he was Birdie, he was from New York. You know, when he was... Bishop, he was from New York, you know, like, but, you know, things are what they are, and, you know, communication matters, and unfortunately, there wasn't a whole lot going on there that could, you know, be considered constructive. Jared, really quick, before we get to our top three here, I, you were also texting about love and basketball. And yes, ladies, 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 that, that last, that one-on-one that -on -one game, that was great. That was epic. Y'all don't remember what he said to her? He was like, you think the sun rises and shines on your ass. And Thank you. Like, yeah, so that's why he had to be. That's why he, he couldn't let her win because they had this rivalry that went back to when they were kids. So he beat her, but he loved her. And then he said, let's go, let's go two for three. And then they ended up getting married. The WNBA starts. They have a beautiful child. 
it's just beautiful. But that, that was that conflict that it had to come to a head. They had to figure it out. And you know, she pulled the fast one on them. Remember, they Sandy broke ain't up. having it, bro. Sandy they, ain't they having it. Yeah, Sandy, Kelsey, and Iman, all your faces right now are amazing. And she they remember they broke up now because he needed her when he found out his pop stepped out. That's and what she I said. Throws basketball over him. Love in basketball. Come on, ladies. That's a beautiful love story. That was a beautiful love story. And just again, basketball kept it connected. You said what now? Love doesn't pay the bills. They both, they both were working. She was working at the bank. <laughs> well, he had a cup of coffee in the league. He had, you know. Yeah, his dad had money. His dad, his pops had money from from all his NBA yeah, deals. You no, know, they was. I mean, he did get drafted lottery. He had to have some paper, you know. And she was overseas, getting it in. She decided right. she didn't want to play no more. She wanted to go work at the bank because he was no longer in her life. That was a big part of their life. It bonded them. It's a beautiful story. That's Sandy, beautiful. what do you think? I'm looking at your face, Sandy, and you're cracking me up. What do you think? <laughs> Come on. There's nothing romantic about that movie. Oh, that's There's absolutely cool. nothing romantic about that movie. I think what had happened is there was something that bonded them, which was basketball. They outgrew each other and they insisted on continuing a relationship that should have been dead years ago. Oh, my um, God. They, he was you got my face, Jared. You got my face this whole time. He he was uncomfortable with her prioritizing basketball, even though he continued to prioritize basketball over her. Oh, over, I wouldn't and agree with that. Over I, I would, and I would over agree. again. I would, and I, I would agree with that. I when his agree. career went to shit and he had nothing left, he went back to her and decided, "Hey, let's." You know, whoa, whoa, whoa. The reason no, that's so unfair. You're discounting that he never fell out of love with her. Again, communication matters. There was no communication. And her circumstances were far different than his. And he should have did a better job of respecting that. She she couldn't just be there for him. Still, they were there for each other their entire lives. Remember, when when Q's, Q's moms and pops started arguing, he was going to sleep on her floor. They were always there for each other. So the expectation was no. No matter what the situation was, we were still going to be there for each other. And you chose the game over me. The game was what we had in common, but we never put the game before our love. And you put the game before our love. I needed you. My life was crumbling. I needed you. Where were you at? Basketball? Come on. I'm sure you could basketball. We both out there. We both missing curfew. I need you. I curfew, need the drill. Curfew. I need my lady. I don't need the ball player. I need my lady. I need a shoulder to cry on. My, my family's crumbling. My so, hero just died in front of me. I understand that, but he was so... She was supposed to let essentially let go of her dreams <clears throat> to cradle him and make him feel better about his life. I he couldn't wait. Him. I don't necessarily think that a three-time All-American and multi-time national champion is going to like give up her career if she spends a little extra time with her man on, the, on that night. I mean, I, I could be wrong, but I, I think if she misses curfew, I, I think she'd have been all right in the long run. I, mm -hmm. I mean, call me crazy. Mm -hmm. now, I mean, she, I mean I, she's essentially like the Cheryl Swoops of the, the cinematic universe, yes? I just I mean, wanted to play not, Strip 101. Cheryl That's all Swoops. I wanted to play. Oh, I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry, Cheryl Miller. You're not cutting Cheryl Miller because she missed curfew one time. It's just not happening. <laughs> right. Cheryl Miller. Like, she's the the Cheryl thing Miller. with that movie is that I think a lot of people let the chemistry between the two actors cloud the actual story, the quote-unquote love story that these two supposedly had. 
But honestly, at the end of the movie, he ends up, they end up settling. Settling for what? Each other. No, I'm sorry, I have to disagree. I honestly feel like they end up settling. They they settled for each other. When Gabrielle Union went to the prom with him, that was a settlement. She went to the prom with her sister's guy, her sister's friend, that was settling. And then ultimately, they just couldn't keep away from each other. They always found their way back to each other, no matter what. That's love. That's the type of love you want in your life. We it's not about say, Gabby, too. It's not love, about Gabby. They say, Ooh. if you love something, let it go. And if it's if it meant to be, it's going to happen. And it kept happening for them. They kept finding their way back to each they kept other. kept forcing it. That's safety. <laughs> got to get off loving basketball, guys. We gotta Alex, 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 before we get into the top three, I do want to let Jared say his piece on Hoosiers because I know he disagreed that. I, was I, that I mean, with... I'll be short because I don't, I don't want to hijack that thing. I think it was a terrible movie. <laughs> I've never liked it. I think it's a, it's a hard watch. I think it's long. I mean, it's, it was four hours long. Yeah, it's, it's four long. hours. It's yeah, two it, hours. It, it, oh. Give me the yeah. give me the movie with the guy. I want to say his name is Robbie Benson. Um, uh, was it one on one? Give me one on one. One on one. Any day of the week. I think Hoosiers is terrible. I've never liked Hoosiers. Every time one on one comes on, I watch it. I, I can relate. Which more is to never. The guy. That movie's never. Yeah, that never comes on. Never catch that, but I, I, I've always thought Hoosiers was terrible. Give me Air Bud over Hoosiers. No, oh my we've God. already been through this, Jared. We got an we've Air Bud mention from this. Jared. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Or, 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 the, or the movie with Martin Lawrence in the middle school team. Rebound. 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 Give me All that right. over Hoosiers any day of the week. All right. You can't deny the form. You can't deny the shooting form. Chitwood's shooting form, maybe the best in movie history. I don't know. Chef had a pretty good shot. Did he miss in four? Chef, thank you. Corduroy. Did Chef, Chef my guy. I mean, Chef hit. What did Chef score in the fourth? He had seventy-seven points. Seven hundred points. Yeah, seventy-seven. Yeah, now it was about, it was about seventy. Now, I mean, it, I mean, he hit everything. He was. He was in five minutes, there. Jared. In yeah, five minutes. I, I mean, no warm-up. Long sleeve no shirt. Corduroy jeans, Jared. <laughs> You're my boy. Me and you Shep, are gonna. Chef can't. I mean, Chickwood or whatever the guy's name is. He can't guard Chef. Are you kidding me? He can't guard Chef. Okay, well, he, couldn't guard, he couldn't guard Motar. Like Motar was doing the hard fouls to get out. No, that moves terrible. Jared, stick around. We're gonna go through our top three. Then we have some superlatives to hand out. So let's get through the top three now. Number three, and I think this is on all of our lists, is Coach Carter. Who wants to start with Coach Carter? Way too high. Way too high for that movie. In my opinion, I think some, is basketball more important than academics in life to you? Then none of us had it number one. <laughs> yeah, obviously, this is what I do for my life. Yes, basketball <laughs> is way more important than academics. None of us had it at number one, but I believe there was one person I had at number two, one person at three. I had it pretty low, but uh, I did have it on my list. Uh, who wants to defend Coach Carter? I love Coach Carter. I think I had it number two, right? I think so. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why it's my favorite. It's cheesy. It's like going against all of the other things that I love about all the other movies, but I love it. I love it's the, the underdog episode. story. I love, yeah, I love the underdog story. It's the I love, band of misfits. I love the fact that you forget Channing Tatum is in it. And then you're like, <laughs> oh my God, Channing Tatum's in this movie. Um, I love all the characters individually. I love the parents when they're trying to kind of meet the coach halfway and say, okay, are you going to, tutor my kids this that and the other i love it i love coach carter i just love how stubborn he was the entire movie at getting his point across and it took him forever to do that but once it was settled in there then that's how they had success ultimately yeah they lost in the championship game 
but yes, you that had too. a, a I like lesson delivered. Yeah, you had a lesson yeah. delivered and the way that it ended, I think was perfect because the message still got through even though they didn't exactly win. That one scene where Tatum's like, I'll do suicide. I'll do push-ups, coach. And then everybody steps up and like, I'll do suicides, coach. I just thought a lot of that shit was was like so made up. Uh, you know, I I, I wasn't with it. a movie and not a documentary. Oh my, <laughs> Iman, can we get off of this, please? No, it, it was that, based though. on. He didn't have anything. On. He was like lost, <laughs> and then once he saw, like, okay, these are the people you should be like messing with. Not, you shouldn't be out in the streets. These are like these are your brothers. I, I think the story that. with Timo Cruz was great. Yeah. Well, and Jared just said it was based on a true story. So, I mean, this, even though it was based on a true story, it's fictional. So I think that's why that's the difference between this. So was Rudy though. And like every, like ni- 95 football players walking into the coach's office being like, this one's for Rudy coach. This one's for Rudy coach. Come on. There's a, some embellishing shit on there. You guys yeah, have that's Hollywood. What do you want him to do about that? Rudy's it's like three and a half. Sorry, that's movies what you like guys want in movies. Problems. You don't want reality documentary. You want movies with some with. Come on, dude. Sorry. All Coach right. Carter was my number ten, by the way. That was my Coach number. 10? Coach Carter is a tough movie. That's a pretty good movie. It's, a, it's Samuel. Like obviously, Samuel Jackson, man. That can't be low on your list. It it, it, it didn't get you. It didn't tug at your heartstrings. When he says to him, Coach, I want to thank you for saving my life. Yeah, and he gave that man. That's a that's a tough scene, man. Like that, that gets you a number ten on my list. And when he has to be, when he has to choose between being coach and being dad, and the side storyline too of of you know having junior battle and the and his uh, you know his girlfriend at the time, like mm-hmm. that was a crazy storyline too. And Ashanti's a horrible it? actor, but it was nice to see her in it. The kid on the other team, is it true that that was based on Tyson Chandler? Ooh, no, I never oh. heard that. I like that, though. I like, like the, the star that. player from the other team that, that hit the game winner. I, I've always, I, I think I read it someplace that he was based on Tyson Chandler. Well, if oh. it was a jump shot, it wasn't Tyson Chandler at all. One thousand percent. I got I to gotta say, the, the, the gameplay, the gameplay in this if we're talking about like basketball scenes, I think it deserves to be up, uh, you know, in this three, four range uh, because it wasn't, it wasn't bad basketball. It was believable. They were running a full court press. They actually had some theory behind what they were doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was, it was a little bit like the seven seconds or less offense from, <laughs> from uh, Steve Nash and D'Antoni where Timo Cruz is just jacking threes <laughs> with, with, you know, multiple like, 20 seconds left on the shot clock. I mean, outside of the whole underdog thing, that's that to me again, is, is key on why I think it should be up there. Okay. Let's move to number two, because I think kind of this, you know, this is another movie that has very realistic basketball scenes. Uh, and I, I, this is one of my favorite movies. I had it at number two. Uh, it's He Got Game. Um, I love this movie. I think it's amazing. And I think I, I read something the other day too, that uh, at the very end, I think uh, Jesus Charlesworth was supposed to beat Denzel's character and shut him out but then Denzel was actually playing hard and they just and Ray was looking over and thinking hey he's not supposed to score but then they let they let just let him go so you actually see Denzel scoring and you know breaking away from what the script is and they ended up just you know keeping it I I just love this movie I think it's amazing you know we kind of talked about a little bit earlier when we talked about blue chips but this is number two on my list I think it's amazing I mean I think we all had it pretty high that's why it's number two here I think the lowest someone had it was number let's see five or six, but the rest of us had it in our top three. So pretty, pretty solid. I mean, we all pretty much agreed on this one, I think. Ray Denzel Allen, played it for him. 
Denzel played college hoops. Yeah. I mean, that's that's people forget. It was a long time ago. He didn't get a lot of play, but he actually played in college, so he knows how to hoop. Yeah, but what Alex is saying is like Ray had no idea that that Denzel was can get buckets, right? And there was supposed to be this scene, and like it actually, uh, Denzel was on Bill Simmons' podcast talking about exactly this scene, and like he hits the first two J's on him, and and Ray Allen's like, "Yo, I didn't think it was supposed to go like this," you know? Like they were really playing one on one, yeah, which was pretty, which which was pretty interesting. Which is like same thing we talked about with blue chips. That's one of the reasons why I think the basketball in that movie is so good because they basically told him like go out there actually play we'll edit it to make it seem however we want and then like they said even in that movie like in the final play Shaq gets the lob and you know wins the game but like Billy Knight screwed the play out the first time and everyone got pissed off and they had to redo it like I just like when the competitiveness comes out and it becomes real basketball and it leads to such a better product in the movie so I mean this I think this movie is fantastic away from just the basketball scenes the story is great I think pr- props he to did. Ray Allen too because he did such a good job and you know that that's hard to do we talked about you know, when guys are kind of playing themselves, but, you know, he was a super young guy at that point, young player. Um, there's been rumors about other guys that, you know, were potentially up for the role, but when Ray That's was Stephon actually- Marbury's story, Alex, yeah, I mean, no, I he, he was, he was, he was amalgamation of Stephon Marbury. hundred yeah, percent. So, what, so th- whenever Ray was on the postcast, James Posey's podcast, he had said that uh, Spike basically came to him first. And so he was like one of the first choices. And I think you're right. They, de- they definitely took from other players' stories to kind of craft the character. But it sounds like Ray was kind of the guy from the start that they had in mind to, to play Jesus Shuttlesworth. And he did a fantastic job. I think it's, I think it's an amazing movie. Uh, and there's been talk about a sequel potentially. I know Ray's talked about it a bit, so I don't know. Uh, we'll see with that, but I think it's fantastic. My favorite part about it too is, is seeing all of the, the recruiting. what they go through with the 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 recruiting and and how many coaches come there you know what they do how they try to entice you to come to their university how they you know set everything up for you so that it's glitz and glamour um and they give i think that 40 year old they give 40 year old rick fox the duty to show him to show him the the college campus with like naked (laughs) girls and stuff like that like come on dude that's a little I, i have the same issue that i have with above the rim than i have with with he got game is like above the rim the 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 first scene and then he got game the last scene like throwing the basketball like i did not oh like that come on all. oh no that's a great scene over the Jared, i didn't like it yeah, yeah, yeah. didn't like Why? it at all Jared. i mean father and son reconnecting for the first everything time was, in years everything was perfect up until that point no that's the olive that's the olive bridge that's letting you know we we may have a chance to fix this thing we we may have a chance to be father and son again. Like, like he said to him, get that, get that hatred out your heart, boy. You end up just like me. And then he finally reached out. He finally, after all of these years and all of this anger, he finally let his father in a little. And oh, that's hope, man. You, you, you know, you can never underestimate the power of a well-placed piece of hope in a movie. I got and, and you can never go wrong with Rick Fox. <laughs> I agree with that. You no, know Rick, Fox Rick Fox has got the party no matter what. The party's where Rick Fox is at. You can never go wrong with Rick I got to ask, though. What? Oz, the show set in the jail. And Rick yeah, Fox. He, was in, he was in that too. Yeah. Rick Fox. <laughs> like some basketball star that was in jail for murder or rape or something, but. Yeah, he was really, he's a really good actor. Oz? I loved Oz. Yeah, no, Fox. That was a Fox was out. You can't go wrong, Rick. He was in Monty so- Hill. <laughs> and he was a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. 
Bring me back to One Tree Hill, the best basketball TV show ever made. What? Oh man, I think One don't Tree invite Iman to the best basketball TV shows, shows of all time, please. Oh man, that's <laughs> that simple to this. Godlock, they can probably list One Tree Hill as a movie. I mean, <laughs> touche. Yeah. So, any more comments on he got game before we move on to number one? So, I, I have to ask: Is that scene where he throws the basketball over and it lands? in the college gymnasium no is sense. it assumed is it assumed it's no, that, no but it, but is that like some sort of metaphor uh that that jesus actually chose that college and that denzel would be getting out uh like is I that, mean, that's that a, no, it's, it's, no, remember, it's a so, smooth transition that's all it is to me yeah so remember the the, the warden reneged on the deal right right, right. so okay. so he wasn't going to get out he said he didn't know when the governor was going to come back but that that's was right. to me it was just you know the manifestation the ball is what connected them and the ball is going to bring them back together so that that was an olive branch so denzel you know this is this is my last shot i'm i'm, I'm taking the shot and his son was finally like you know what i'm going because remember he he wrote him the letter or no denzel wrote the letter and he finally read it right so it's just it was beautiful to see two conflicted souls because at the core of their relationship there was a, a, a common goal and dream to make it for different reasons, but they both wanted it. But they wanted it so bad that it tore them apart. And ultimately, it's going to be what brings them back together. And that and that's love. Hey, so, how no, new- I, that, that was strong. Hey, wow. how, how New York was it where Denzel uses his per diem to buy some Jordans, though? He bought the it fly. Was, it, was more, it was more New York when he hit old boy in the throat for pressing him. Yeah, that, that's, that's what right I'm talking throat. about. Hell right yeah. Throat. You know, he don't he from Brooklyn. You can't, you know, you gotta give him gotta give him some space. You can't run up on Jake Shelter's work that way. It just don't don't work out for you. And don't you feel like the name of Ray Allen in that movie has a lot to do with it too? Like your name being Jesus is a is a big part of that movie. I, I think that Jesus Shuttlesworth as a character, as a name, as a nickname, is one of the best things I've ever heard. It's up there with Starberry, but Jesus Shuttlesworth, for so many reasons, his mother's religious, you know, Earl Monroe and his father's obsessed with basketball. And just this idea that no matter what we do, this kid is going to be great. Mm-hmm. This kid, we're going to will it on him. He is going to be great. Jake wants him to be a great athlete to get out. His mother wants him to be a great person. Make sure you go to college, get your degree, take your sister with you. And he's trying to juggle all of this with great confidence at the same time. And this talent that is just leading him in places where he doesn't want to do. It's just a great movie. It's a great movie. Say, Way better than that damn Hoosiers. <laughs> okay, hey, props to Jared for having no idea he was going to jump on the stream and right. not caring at all and having all of this information. This is pretty impressive. I got to say. I'm filled with the useless knowledge. <laughs> it's not useless. So, number one, no one's surprised by this, but number one, uh, white men can't jump. I mean, as it go. should be, as it should. No, Jared, you don't get to talk about this with being. It's from a home. good. It's, it's a good movie, but it's not. Nah, better than nah, better. bro. <laughs> I was confused between this and he got game to be honest, but I did end up putting this number one. I think Spencer also had it, had, had it number one. Uh, let's see. L. Yes, I think uh, Clips did as well. Um, and then Iman, you said you did too. I had it at number two, and I had oh. that game at number three. So, so I'll let y'all get into because I have some major issues. I have some major issues with Glory. No, mute Jared, so, uh, please. Mute Jared on this one. Please. No, don't mute because no, I want to. I want to. No, I, wanna, I, think, I, think no, I want to speak directly to the ladies because I have major issues with Gloria. Major no, issues. No, no, with no, 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 no. We're not. 
starting with Gloria on this, okay? No, no. that's what I said. No. I'll, I'll, I'll hold back because I have major yeah. issues with Gloria. I had to get off my chest. Okay. Okay. All I'm going to say is that B- Billy Hoyle and Sidney Dean just hustling fools the entire way in the movie. Everybody just gets pissed at them. I mean, how don't you love it? And and the chemistry between them as as the movie goes on, even though they weren't you know exactly friends to start in the movie and they had their like fights or whatever um like it, it's just it's so good and the, the, the just the the difference between the the seriousness and the comedic and the 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 overall just just watching the play i i think it was just so fun such a fun movie I was I will say this too the the rumor or the story that Wesley Snipes had no idea how to play basketball and then was taught for the movie and just picked it up super quick that's pretty cool too that's pretty impressive I don't believe that and believe no that. Wesley knew how to hoop you yeah come crazy. on bro come on yeah, that's a, that's Wesley, the, too, let me tell you something Wesley Snipes knows karate yeah. and Wesley Snipes <laughs> if you go to the YMCA and, and he's your fifth man you're gonna win a couple of games. now if Wesley Snipes was in an ice skating movie I'd be very impressed very impressed <laughs> okay so clips i'll let you go off your rant because you had this right. high, you felt very strongly about this movie and then we'll kind of go Look, again that's my number one it's sitting right here in my house i love this movie more than anything that the day i got my car when i was 16 the first thing i did was drive to venice beach and play basketball i've played in the vbl i have a lot of ties to venice beach i played there many many times and it again like uh, above the rim it just encompasses the whole the whole Venice beach basketball vibe, the total difference between New York and LA. Like those are the two places you want to play basketball. And it, it, it depicted it very well. And, and they use people from Venice beach. Ron Beals is in that movie. We have a Ron Beals day every single summer in Venice beach. Uh, he was like 50 during the film. And this guy was getting buckets every single day. He was at the court every single day. He's in the movie. He's wearing the pink spandex, uh, 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 I don't even know their pants. They're not shorts. They're not pants. I don't even know what the hell they are, but just, and you, their side boob from Gloria, which is perfect. And Rosie is like prime in this time. And Woody can actually get buckets. We know this because, because uh, Woody Harrelson's been in basketball movies before he likes to play basketball. He's actually really good at it. Uh, just everything that that movie um is about is everything I'm about. I love everything about it. And they really do hustle you in Venice beach. That's a hundred percent. The first time I ever smoked weed was at Venice beach on the bleachers after I got done playing basketball. Fun fact. <laughs> it, it, it was always when I would watch Billy continuously just put himself into a bigger hole throughout the entire movie, I would laugh, but then I'd also be like, Oh my God, stop hurting yourself and right. stop hurting you. You and can't Gloria. dunk Billy. Stop you can't doing dunk. it. Right, so can, Billy it. can jam. Billy, Billy can dunk the ball. I mean, as as evident at the. But but again, my issue is a great movie, but I, I have I have real issues with with Gloria and the character of Gloria and, and Spencer. Yes, Billy was very self destructive, but he wasn't there by himself. She wasn't she wasn't great. Like your life plan can't be to sit at home and read the almanac while you got the Stooky <laughs> brothers chasing you down, hoping that Jeopardy calls you one day and you miraculously they called go her to Jeopardy they called her. and win. But they called her because Billy hit the half court shot. Like the hook, and, the hook. And he never he never told her, and ultimately she leaves him. But it's like, ah, uh, like I know Gloria. Like if if I'm understanding the story, he was in it because she bought a beat up car and didn't want to pay for it. Like this whole thing, Gloria like gets to to move in and move out as she sees fit. Like with this um, she's like this paradigm of virtue when they're both they're both self destructive people. 
And then she got the money that he helped her get and she split. I'm like, oh, that's, that was terrible. He left Billy by himself. So what happens when she runs out of the, the money, the Jeopardy money, and then she's broke again? Like, what happens then? What do you do? First of all, RIP Alex Trebek, if we're going to talk Jeopardy real quick. Absolutely. Let's throw that out. Uh, uh, words that start with the letter Q. I mean, come on. What is a quince? What is a quiche? That is one of my favorite scenes, okay? I love this book. There are so many quotes. Where do you think Sizzler's stock went up? When we go and sit, we go and sit, which is Kadeem Hardison, who is a Clippers season ticket holder from back in the day when we were extremely terrible, like really terrible. Kadeem was courtside the whole time. All of these. And again, Rosie Perez, dude. Prime Rosie Perez. That's what got me from the beginning. She was great in the movie. I just I just thought Gloria just it you just lost all our fucking money, Billy. Come they're, on. In the, they're in the situation because she bought the beat up car. Yeah, he didn't throw the game, but it, it, you know, he, he was ice skating up a hill. And you know, they just weren't good for each other. And maybe they should have broken up, but they shouldn't have broken up like that. Like, I hate movies that leave that piece out. Like, someone should have told her, look, I don't want to bet the money. I have to bet the money because Sydney got me the shot to get you on Jeopardy to get the money that Sydney now needs because they got robbed and I cannot say no. Like, what do you want me to do? I, I can't. And then Sydney says to him, listen to the woman. Like, you didn't give him a choice, brother, because you're not listening to your woman. And Karma came back to get her because when y'all hustled Billy, she didn't want to give Gloria the money back like she should have. It just was, a, a you know, a, a basket of deplorables, if you, as you one might say. <laughs> Sandy, uh, Kelsey, what do you guys think? I see, I, see Kel- uh, I see Sandy right now staring. What do you think? I uh, don't care for that movie. I don't have an opinion. I'm very indifferent mm. to that movie. Like I've watched it numerous times and I'm just like, sure. <laughs> so I'm surprised it's number one. I'm really, I'll say that. I'm surprised it's number one over a lot. I'm of also surprised. I, I thought I thought He Got Game was going to be. Okay, we, yeah, have to, for sure. we have to consider this fact too, though. Like when watching movies, they have to be rewatchable movies. Like what movie will you watch when it's on, right? He Got like, Game is way more rewatchable than White Man. Yeah, lies. For sure. In my eyes, at least. White I Man love, Can't Jump it. is still funny. It's not it's like the funny. aren't insensitive. It's still, they still hold up years later. And then Russell Westbrook and Nick Collison did the costumes for it like a couple yeah. years ago. And then everyone's like, what are they doing? And then it brought like a whole new generation of viewers. First of all, I think Baron, Baron and Steve Nash did it first. That Baron and Steve Nash did it first at Venice. Great costume. It really is. Well, I mean, I think most of us had, I think uh, White Man Can't Jump and he got game very high on our list. Uh, so, I mean, you know, even if we wanted to rearrange the order there, but I think uh, both movies are really good. I mean, Kelsey, you have any more thoughts on it? Um, on white men can't jump or on, on, um, the list in general. You know, we talk about the title. Just, I mean, the title is so perfect because <laughs> it's so true. We can't jump, bro. We can't. Okay. You see how, you see how big it, Billy's legs was. You can tell me he can't tap glass. Nah. He can tap glass. He ain't dunking. It's, no. it's not called white man can't tap glass. It's so a white man can't jump. You got to be able to jump if you're going to tap glass. So, yeah, obviously, he's doing something, right? Billy's getting, like, look, it's a jump shot. He wasn't shooting a set shot. Billy was pulling up, stepping back on people. Like, no. I just, 
again, yeah. it resonates because I'm from LA and I yeah. play at Venice and it's one of those things like, just like it was for me going to Rucker and going, going to West 4th Street to play, I couldn't wait to get to Venice Beach. And then when I got to Venice Beach and got my ass kicked for a whole summer, literally my ass kicked every single day, you know, it taught me a lot about basketball. And they really out there hustling. Like, you're really out there hustling in these games. These guys, it's their career. It's what they do. $20 a game, $40 a game. Like, it's a real thing. So, and we talk about rewatchable too. I mean, it's, it's yes. just, a, it's light. It's, it, it, but it brings all different sorts of subjects in there. The drama, the, the laughs, the, you can't hear you know, Jimmy. You can't hear Jimmy, the <laughs> racial shit, too, which is exactly what, what it's about too. It's about white and black basketball players. You know, you know, they don't, you know, they didn't want the white boy at the street ball court, but he can get buckets. And that's like a story that a lot of people, can talk about like it happens it, it's really a thing and there's a lot of white boys out there that can give buckets right but when you're going to watts it, what's funny is they're they're playing at all these different places watts and, and venice and all these different places uh there's games running all the time in los angeles all the time iman i know you had uh you're on mute for a second there do you have anything do you want to add uh no i think you guys covered it i think for me the picking between white man can't jump and he got game for my number two spot after like Mike um, was <laughs> <laughs> was mainly just about rewatchability. Literally, I think looking through the list, all of these basketball movies are pretty heavy. Okay, a lot of them are pretty heavy. Um, and White Man Can't Jump is probably the only one that didn't have that. And it's funny. And I think like Kelsey said, the humor still holds up. And so I think that's why it's the best second best I guess technically basketball movie to me just because it is so rewatchable no for sure so there's a few more things and then we'll we'll jump off here but can uh, I say something though really quick sure like this movie actually made it this this is when the yo mama jokes started pretty much like we're gonna take all these bricks and we're gonna build your mom and your sister a house right like all that shit talking at the end of the movie you know what I mean? Like that was that's when all this stuff started. And that, that wasn't hiking on each other in LA because I've been doing that since I, I wasn't talking about anybody's mom. I'll tell you that much. I yeah, definitely I chose not to do that. I would I talk about their jumper, or their busted ass hairline, or something like that. But I ain't talking about their mom. I ain't. I look, man. I you don't really have a choice. Sometimes you kind of just get put in the situation when you're just there. So you're gonna do do one of two things. You're gonna sit there and let somebody snap on your mother, mm. or, or you're gonna snap back mm. and you know, you, you got a choice to make, but they're not going to stop because you don't like it and you get caught up in somebody, you know, talking about your mother, this or your mother, that. And, then, you know, now you got to wait two hours to, to get right. back on the court. Now nah, you're going to come up with some material on your own and, and learn how to hoop. So that's how right. we did it in New York and you know, on, on the East Coast. It was a lot of talk. And yeah, sometimes it, it was about your mama. And I love it. Um Okay, so we have some superlatives here. Let's get through these. And then we also, I think, I'm not sure if you guys did, but I chose my all-time starting five of movie characters. We'll kind of go through that as well. So let's start with some of the superlatives. Uh, character most likely to hurt their team's chemistry. Um, do we have any answers for this? I'll go Dwight Howard from Just Right, where he's playing himself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you new brought up just right. Oh my lord! Just because there's so much evidence of it, you know. No, it's not that Dwight that the Dwight Howard team and just right went to the finals. No, no, no. I'm talking about just the character in real life. No, no, 
They went to the finals. They he blocked the shot at the end. They went to the finals. Who knows what happened after the credits rolled? But Dwight got that team back. They, they were four games away. Okay, so the first team that Dwight didn't cause chemistry problems on. I just had to throw it in there. Um, anyone anyone else uh, have a chemistry a character that would cause chemistry issues? Jackie Moon, semi pro. <laughs> That's, a cool That's a perfect one. I love it. Yeah, but that's it's self-explanatory. Probably Air Bud because he's a dog. <laughs> Say that again? Air Bud because he's a dog. Is that what you said? <laughs> Communication <laughs> issues would be a problem there. I, I can see that. He can't Cowley say Watson, call out. <laughs> of, all the, of all the moves you all have discussed and throughout, Cowley Watson, you know, as talented as he was, he was a cancer. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's going to mess up. He's going to mess up a team because, he, you know, his insecurity and – his insecurity level and his skill level, they're just constantly at conflict. And it's all about him all the time. And uh, he's a kid, one foot at, one foot in the street, another foot out the street. He's not built for it, but he likes the enticement of it. He likes the Im- immediate acknowledgement of it, which is how Birdie got in his ear. Anyway, I don't want that guy on my team. That's fair. Anyone else? Okay. So next one, character least likely to play in the NBA. Bill Murray. (laughs) (laughs) Bill Bill Murray. I like those. How about Zach Efron from High School Musical? Good good one. Pretty athletic. Good one. That's a good one. If I heard Lil Bawa, that's incorrect because he played for the LA Knights in the NBA in that movie. So (laughs) (laughs) I'll go with Shorty. I'll go with Shorty from Sunset Park. Sunset Park. Not built for the league. Time to get live. It's time to represent. So he's not built for What time is it? Sorry. <laughs> Shorty's not. Shorty's add no value to your team. <laughs> Certainly not going to the league. Oh, okay, he's not going to pick cartoons from Space Jam. <laughs> well, we think Tweety Bird ain't going to make it. I don't. Sylvester. <laughs> I love it. Uh, how about we talked about this a little bit earlier? Most unrealistic basketball scene. I know you guys were crapping on. Uh, the basketball diaries i mentioned catwoman it's not a basketball movie but that thing is so cringy if you watch it right now it's so bad, so bad. um <laughs> any other unrealistic basketball scenes that stand out to you guys i brought Anything mine up in- with i brought mine up with above the rim i mean again yeah. we don't we don't need to revisit this again sure but oh, oh Jared, come on. Jared, yeah, that's the, the, you're a little hard that i think you're a little harsh on that i think Jared, you, please you, tell you, me the last time you shot on floor t- on the 20th floor of a vacant building i never have had the pleasure unfortunately i never had the pleasure of going to terminal 23 and i know it wasn't on the 23th floor but i know it was elevated um now look when i think the whole point of it was to try to illustrate the rivalry and how deep those roots for Nutso and, and Shep went to the point where they found some court that was on some high rise and, and Nutso hit the, the board too hard and it fell out the window. The cardboard board you're talking about? Yeah, the cardboard I, it, was, board? it was something or, or Nutso was really motivated. That was but placed end, that was placed right by the window to fall yeah, out I of? I mean, look, I, like I Russell play. Westbrook, Russell Westbrook would have died first day <laughs> playing basketball there. If there's I a window by the backboard, I wouldn't play that, but you had two guys that loved the game so much that they, I mean, look, Shep played without a, without a ball, right? So, I mean, 30 stories in a window ain't going to stop him if not, not having an actual ball, is it? But the worst basketball scene um, in the movie is every second of the movie, Ernest slam dunk. I mean, this guy was like doing 720s from <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It's like, remember Ernest from Ernest Goes to Camp? Yeah, yeah. Ernest Scared he plays Stupid. basketball too. The yeah. same jean vest and the same hat. 
And I mean, Ernest is taking off. He's breaking the backboard. I think Kareem is even in the movie. It's it's a terrible movie, but I mean, you talk about Ernest getting buckets, just sitting in the air, just finger rolling it, and just dunking it on, drinking coffee in the air. It's nice. horrible. It is horrible. <laughs> I'll, I'll kind of branch off of that. I'd say anything from the movie John Tucker Must Die. Any oh, of that. Oh, that, what about that movie? The dunk in that movie, like he, some of them are just so un, un, like horrible looking. It's not realistic, and then it kind of reminds me of like the the Amazing Spider Man dunk that uh, Andrew Garfield has, where he's like his whole body's horizontal. It just looks so awkward and weird. <laughs> John Tucker's dunk is kind of similar to that, where it's like, wait, what? It was horrible. That's a good one. Uh, I have to say, any Disney movie, whether we're throwing in the High School Musicals or Double Team. Or any Disney movie where there's basketball, it's bad. Was you see the shot go up, you see the shot go up, and then the next one, you see the next scene, and it comes in from a different angle. Exactly. It's, <laughs> it's literally for any Canadian watching Andrea Bargnani, Primo Pasta, and Sauce commercials. That's exactly how they're filmed. Or you don't actually see anyone shooting. You just see the shot go up, you see a basket made, and you have to put two and two Or together. the Paul George Gatorade commercials where he hits that game winner. Game. Game. <laughs> Oh, we're man. not talking about Paul George on this podcast. Okay, we're not talking about. <laughs> Why not? I think I think this is the last uh, superlative here, but the all-time starting five of movie characters. I think mine. I I love my team here. I, I want to actually. See I have a question today. first. I have a question. Sure, first. go ahead. Is is Space Jam Mike allowed in this? Yeah, I I okay, cool. All right, cool. So, no Michael. Was that? No Michael. No, no Space Jam. Just wondering. You can include so you them. Can use Michael. Yeah, yeah, you can. So mine is Butch McRae, so Penny Hardaway from Blue Chips at point guard. I got Jesus Shuttlesworth from He Got Game at shooting guard. Michael Jordan at small forward. Uh, Pound, the Barkley Monstar from Space Jam. And then Neon from Blue Chips, so Shaq. So I basically have Penny, Ray Allen, Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, Shaq. So, I mean, that's kind of a dream team. I don't really know how you beat it. Uh, and then Penny I got like Team knows Wolf. that Tracy Reynolds has been unfairly cut from this. Damn right. <laughs> I mean, if you do right. Michael Jordan, you kind of have a point. I heard uh, Shea Serrano made the same point. They were talking about like the best uh, basketball players in, in these movies. And he was saying the kid Brian from Thunderstruck. He was like, if he had, if he legitimately has Kevin Durant's skill set, that he should 100% be included because he's basically Kevin Durant. But it's kind of the same thing. I mean, if uh the kid from like mike is basically michael jordan then yeah i see your argument there but i think my team penny ray mike barkley neon and then maybe i don't know the teen wolf dude uh, as my sixth man I, I i'm rolling with that squad uh what do you guys have that's exactly my team except i have jackie moon because i didn't think we could pick cartoons uh because uh, okay. 33 you give this man a couple cocktails all he wants to do is rebound it's the dennis robin that this unit needs uh, he doesn't really care about scoring. He's just going to be on the boards, feeding everybody else. Uh, but, yeah, it's literally the same for me, except for Jackie Moon. I love it. Anyone else? Yeah. Me, I mean, I, oh. I got – who else? No, you go, Sandy. You go. Um, so, shooting guard is Jesus. Um, Kevin, Garnett, um, Kevin um, Garnett is a power forward. Uh, Michael Jordan is small forward. Uh, Kyle Watson is point guard, and then center is a neon Bardo. Bardo. Bodo, Bodo, yeah. Bodo. I didn't think of Kevin Garnett. That's a good, uh, yeah. I was trying to think of like a real life person. Like actual, that yeah. Before, but I, I was like, screw it. I'm going to Monstar. But yeah, KD Smart. I like that. Quick. I'm going to go one step further, further for all you guys. I'm starting with my coach. I got Birdie. 
And I got my assistant coach is Eddie Whoopi. Okay. Whoopi's there. Just like, keep, keep everything like copacetic. Right. My mascot is air bud. Okay. Air Bud's my mascot. He's coming up at halftime. He's going to be jumping off trampolines and catching like Frisbees and shit, all that other stuff. Right. Starter Sydney Dean. Okay. Cause I need some swag at the, I, I need some swag at the point. I got space jam Mike at the two. And then I, I didn't know where to put either one of these guys. I'm going to take werewolf Scott Howard team wolf. Okay. Cause nobody wants to guard a wolf, right? Nobody wants <laughs> to guard a werewolf that can dunk on you and has fangs and shit. Right. The four is going to be corduroy jean wearing Shep. Okay. From above the rim who just gets buckets, 15 foot buckets all day long. And then of course my five's neon. Yeah. I mean, you have to go neon five. Neon's in it. hundred percent. Basically Shaq. It's literally Shaq. So yeah. Jared, I, I, mean, you, I know you weren't uh, prepared for this, but do you have... No, I, I have a five. So I'll go Shaq Blue from Blue Chips, Shuttlesworth, Jordan from Space Space Jam, Team Wolf, uh, I mean, because Team Wolf's and you know, I'll give you an optional. Even Willie from White Men Can't Jump, not not Billy or um, Sydney. Willie from the Black Team in the 2-2, two two, nice. Is, nice. That the black, is that the Black Zorro? Is that the Black Zorro? Nah, he's tall, taller one. Yeah, the nice. one that had the Z in his head. Is like, what do they call you? The Black Zorro? No, that was the, that was Dwayne. That was Dwayne Martin had the Z in his head. No, 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 no. You sure? No, 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 no. I thought Dwayne Martin had the Z. He's like, you're too pretty no, no, to play no, 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 no. Nope. All right, nope. so either one. The, okay. the, 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 tall, the taller brother, him, and him or Dr. J from the fish that, that saved Pittsburgh. Oh. Uh, see? That's why I fuck with you, Jared. Sorry. Sorry. That was good. So, no, I, <laughs> I like that. And, I think that I think we win. We don't come off the court. I mean, look, if you got Team Wolf, it's going to be pretty tough. To Thank you. Anything. Okay, can somebody give props to my Wolf friend? All right, I had my six man. Props. I did, but I couldn't bench oh, Team, Team Wolf was tough. I mean, what couldn't he do? It's just, <laughs> no, it's so it. miraculous how he went from five three six two. Team Wolf <laughs> did it all. He did it all. He's touching the top of the backboard. Oh, and you could go. You you could put Earl Manny Gold in here. At any place, because Earl was really touching the top of the backboard for real, and he wasn't a wolf. That's he was taking change off the top. I forgot to bring something up about Team Wolf too. Is like I brought up with White Man Can't Jump and Rosie Perez. Lori Griffin in in Team Wolf was a babe, like super super babe at that time. So when you're seven watching these movies or whatever, however old I was, Lori Griffin. Anyways, throwing that out there, super babe. Let's get to I mean. we team need to do Wolf a basketball pod like super babes from basketball movies. I'm down. The, Duke, the, the team Wolf guy could hoop and everything like that, but I wasn't the babes in that movie. That movie was terrible. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Truck. He was fighting beer cans. Why not just open the can <laughs> and pour it in the cup? Like it's just, just certain things about eighties movies that just don't make any sense. But that team Wolf, he gets you a bucket. He gets you a bucket. He, you know, he can handle it. He can defend. So anyone else have a starting five that we didn't get to? Kelsey, do you have anything? You, you guys can... put way more thought into yours than I did. Mine was like Space you got to. Gordon, Uncle Drew. Um... Ooh, that's oh, Uncle Drew. Uncle Drew. Yeah, that's a good one. Terrible. I want to know why I want to know why Iman is is ditching us on this part because <laughs> you know, I wanted to, you know, with her number one movie out, now. Unfortunately. Oh. Yeah. Shocking the timing. <laughs> Kelsey, go ahead. So you... Honestly, that's like it. Oh, no worries. No worries. Okay. Uh, well, Kelsey, you kind of mentioned this earlier, but last superlative here, actually. Movie that didn't age well. The first thing I thought of was Juana Man. Um, but oh, how about yeah. how about you? What are you thinking? I mean, you made a good point with Space Jam. 
Probably yeah. That's on like Space Jam? No, we love Space Jam, but she said, you know, she made a good point with, with R. Kelly stuff. It didn't age well. That's oh, Kelly's not in the movie. Oh, no, no, that's what I'm saying. Jackson. I mean, it's a soundtrack. Yeah. yeah, Kelly's not in the movie. Give me a break. Michael was in there getting buckets, saved those people from slavery. Are you I was surprised me? Space Jam wasn't hired, to be honest. Like, I think a few people left it off their list completely, which surprised me. But I think that was just me being younger and watching it as a kid. I'm sure if no. I watched it now, I'd be bored, but... My kids love it. Yeah. So it does, with the generations, it does keep staying relevant. I don't know about the LeBron one. I was just, my friends are watching and they're, they agreed like we, we should not make remake Space Jam. No, no, not no. at all. LeBron is too corny of a person already. Oh, you, are you guys hate uh, the new Space Jam? Chill, yeah, comfy Kelsey. Oh, chill out right now, girl. Oh, okay, what are you talking about? The, the new space, the new Space Jam. I mean, from a, from a script standpoint and from a production standpoint, will probably be better than. Uh, it's certainly going to be funnier. And, and LeBron James has, you know, he has more experience acting than Jordan. Now, look, I'm well, not I'm here to say the guy right. is is ultra smooth or anything like that. And you know he'll never be Michael Jordan in any sense of the word. Oh, I think the, the movie. Oh, I think the movie itself. Oh, I think it's going. I think it's going to surprise some people. And no, nope. Jerry. You know he's a, he's a he's a good player. He's no Mike. I mean oh, he's Jared. he's not going to stretch his arm and dunk from half court. And certainly the stakes of the game won't be as high unless he can bring Anthony Davis or some other young emerging different podcast. Oh, Jerry. Mike did it by himself. With, Mike did it by himself. <laughs> With Babs Bunny, LeBron's gonna call Candace Parker and Anthony Davis or Giannis or somebody because he's not he's not doing it by himself, baby. N- not gonna happen. Mike carried the Toon Squad to freedom. <laughs> the he needed the shorts squad. though. He needed the shorts though. Had to get the shorts. He, he uh, carried them, boys. Can I can I, can, like I, can I name a movie that didn't age well? And this is funny because I did this with uh, on the Slick Network with like Baron Davis and Jelani McCoy and stuff, and we were talking about we were bringing up movies. And all these dudes said that, and I liked this when I was younger, but the air up there, right? And that all three of them said that it was the most racist movie yeah. of all time, right? And they were, they were adamant about this. So I don't think that age well. And, and today, obviously, like, I don't have it. I mean, I had it on, God damn it, this is Grandpa Clips again. I had it on VHS, <laughs> watched it a lot. And then re-watching the clips today, I'm like, yo, that's a really racist-ass movie. So I don't think that that aged well at all. Well, some people answer. say Teen Wolf. Some some people say the Wolf and Teen Wolf was racist. Why? I guess because like he went from this white guy to he turned to a wolf. He's playing basketball. All the girls liked him. Mm-hmm. It's just you know it's just it's some things in there. People are like yeah, you know. I, I just want to know who wrote the the movie. Like yo, this is gonna be a really good idea, right? We're gonna take this corny ass five foot three dude, right? Mm-hmm. We're gonna turn him into a werewolf. And he's going to be the dopest basketball player on the planet while he's a werewolf. And he could break dance too. And break, drink, yeah, yeah. he was break, he was break dancing all right. the women. Like, it was just some things. They was like, all right, well, this wolf is clearly a black man. And the and girl that totally. And, but have and, you like, ever met a wolf? Maybe they can't do all these things. Maybe. No, I, when you're I'm on coke, like that guy who wrote that movie. He can break dance or not. <laughs> like. Oh, but but um, has anyone ever seen the movie The Sixth Man with with Marlon Wayans? And, of course. And, I it, wish it didn't I wish age, Mar like, was a year here. after it was pretty bad and it is it's even worse now. I think none Mar of the Wayans brothers can hoop though. You know this. We saw it with Damon with with uh Marlin. with Marlon. Right. No, yeah, Marlon in above the rim, right. Damon with uh Celtics Pride. Yeah. You know what I mean? These dudes can't hoop. 
bro. I wish Iman were here. Tell Damon that. Damon, thinks that. He, Damon thinks he can play. Damon okay. thinks he's nice. He, he thinks he can get buckets. Iman had the sixth man at number six on her list. So I wish. Of course she, she did. Oh, of course she did. One hundred percent. Oh man, that was horrible. <laughs> well, hey, I appreciate That's up there with the Ernest slam dunk. <laughs> Ernest slam dunk. I forgot that even existed. Uh, Terrible movie. All those movies were terrible. I think all the Ernest movies are awful. I mean, I can't believe they made so many. Hey, respect Sean Varney, okay? That's also the voice of T-Rex in Toy Story. Vince. All right. Really? It is. Hmm. Yeah. Oh. I thought Jim Varney was dead. <laughs> no, yeah, he did pass away. They replaced it. Oh, with okay. The original Toy of T-Rex is Sean Varney. R.I.P. Well, yeah, I mean, that was a cool story, though. It went from being, like, a commercial to becoming this, like, crazy successful movie franchise. So it is pretty cool, but I just never liked those movies, even as a kid. Um, But I want to thank you guys for doing this. This has been a ton of fun. Um, I want to shout out each of your guys' podcasts because you guys do a fantastic job as part of the Basketball News Podcast Network. We have Dishes and Dimes. That's where Kelsey, Sandy, and Iman, who had to check off because her connection was out. Uh, they host the Dishes and Dimes podcast and do a fantastic job. They post new episodes every Monday. You can find them everywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, basketballnews.com. Check those out. Clips and Drew, the follow-through with Clips and Drew. You guys are the best. You do a fantastic job as well. You can find your podcast everywhere. As I mentioned, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audio Boom, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Spencer, my guy, he writes articles and edits for basketballnews.com. He does an amazing job. And you should uh, definitely check his stuff out on basketball. Joe Alexander. Yeah, he recently uh, did an awesome piece where he interviewed Joe Alexander, the number eight overall pick. I loved that article. I loved it. I told you I loved it. I it was loved fantastic. It. And I mean, Joe was super candid about his struggles in the NBA, his overseas <clears throat> career. It was it was terrific. And then our special guest here, Jared Rudolph. Jared, thanks. My for BFF, me. my BFF, right now. We're gonna be homies, dude. You guys, you guys started by clashing and you know butting heads, and then look where we We're are. Clashing. It's like white men can't jump. It's the plot of white men can't jump. It happened <laughs> literally right in front of us. But him. it is. No, hey, Sydney. No, no clashing. Hit no me clashing. up on Instagram, Sydney. Hit me up no on clashing. Instagram. I'm no, I'm no Sydney, but I appreciate you guys. Uh, I know I'm a loquacious guy, so I appreciate you guys. Let me join. Wait, you. what does loquacious mean? Anybody? I, I don't. I have no fucking idea what that means. I, I talk a lot. I had a motor mouth. Okay. Oh, you were, <laughs> okay. Fantastic. With zero preparation. I can't believe you're freaking quoting movies and name it. You had more information than I did with like hours of prep. So props to you. You must you you must have forgotten, young man, on uh, one who taught you most of what you know and, <laughs> and who was the man before I stepped away in 2013. No, don't ever forget. Hey, if I didn't know you had fucking movie facts ready to go, that's <laughs> that, that, that you got you have to listen, you have to be ready. No, you never know who's gonna call. You gotta be that's ready to answer. I'm here for I'm here for Rudolph reviews. I want you to review. Every yeah, movie. let's go. I'm here for that. If it has anything to do with a woman, it's the woman's fault. A thousand percent. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just, no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't do that. No, no. Just in these two instances, I think that, you know, it had to be a little bit further discussion. It definitely was Gloria's fault. But um, in the other one, I just think it was an interesting story. They should have been there for each other. But no, I'm not. No, that's I'm no joking, bro. That type of trouble. I throw shade. <laughs> you have Rudolph, guesses ready to kill me. Rudolph reviews will be coming to the Basketball News podcast. <laughs> that's what I want. Uh, keep a lookout for that. Um, and then yeah, I mean, we we appreciate you guys all watching this. Uh, and then oh, also, I want to shout out Kelsey. She also writes for us at Basketball News, so check out her articles as well. She does a fantastic job too. Uh, I think we should call her Comfy Kelsey because Kelsey's always in like the best 
position. Every time we get on here, it's in the bed. Last time she was on a mink coat, had like a blanket <laughs> around her. You know what I mean? Comfy Kelsey's the name from now on. That's what's up. That's I am now. <laughs> handle. I love it. I love it. And if I'm going to shout out my Joe Alexander stuff, make sure you check out her um, article on the G League coming up here. G League fits for Western Conference teams, I believe it will be uh, yeah. later this week. Yeah, the Eastern Conference one dropped. Basically, a G leader that could help each team in the Eastern Conference, then the Western Conference one is coming up very soon. So check those out. And check out basketballnews.com. You know, we're putting a lot of work into it. We have a bunch of great podcasts. So check out basketballnews.com. And thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate it. Like this before, like this before, like this before.